Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's the cheer song? It's like, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Oh, U-G-L-Y, Days Gone Got No Alibi, It's Ugly. And a miserable I thought experience. you were going, I was me like, too. everybody <laughs> knows <laughs> me your too. name. <laughs> Wait, what is that? And everybody's yeah. glad you came. What is this? Everybody knows your name. Wow. What is that? Do you know Frasier? No. You know, you, have you, you ever heard no. the theme song to Frasier? Never in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Can you Days Gone the theme song and Frasier? Salad Wait, Days Gone is Frasier. Days Gone, it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. It does. Um, Who's Niles in that game? Who's I don't Daphne? Think, I don't, Who's, Niles is in One Direction. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, End this podcast. End this podcast. I'm so just going to go like sit in We haven't even game. started yet. We haven't even heard this. No, this is the beginning. We started the podcast. This you kicked it. it off, Natalie. Now no. it's on. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's up? Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. I am confused. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Patrick, we're listening to the Fraser theme over here. Good. Good. Believe me, I can hear it in my head. They're calling again. They're calling again. I watched a lot of Fraser as a kid. A it's lot a of Fraser. I don't know why. Scrambled eggs all over his face. I really liked the, can someone help the grandfather me? figure. Mm-hmm. Frasier's pretty great. What the fuck is this? I was also like a huge fan of the the movie Grumpy Old Men, so I think that, like there was just like a certain oh, lane yeah, that all I the way. You enjoyed like, as a kid. Yeah. Just what like, is Frasier even about? Silly. Is Frasier the one that's about psychiatrists? Yes, yes. yes. It actually, and he is Kelsey a character Grimmer. from the show Cheers originally, and it. And like in the mythology, like it carries over. It's a sequel show. Or like Cheers a, and Frasier you know. are the same universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Is. Oh, actually, the Cheers cinematic universe. Everything's the same. Haven't you? Don't you know about this? The Tommy Westfall universe. Have we not had this Who's conversation? Tom. Tommy. Who's Tommy? Tommy Westfall. Who is he? He is in a hospital. Uh, he's a minor character from Saint Elsewhere. What's oh, that's Saint Elsewhere. Right. Oh my God, are you going to do this? That's right. She doesn't know. Uh, he was a minor character in St. Elsewhere who... It's a hospital show. It's a hospital show. Like and a... Like, like a an novella? ER? 
It's like in general hospital, just like, like a, a gen- yeah. procedural yeah. in a hospital. It's a procedure. Okay. Yeah, it's a, like a medical procedural. A s- soap opera is the word I was trying to think of. Okay, but it, it's more of a. Pre- I think it was more of a. Pre- it maybe was more it, like maybe ER. It was more of a. I actually don't know if it was more like ER. Or if it was more. I've like, never seen the show. I've just heard of the, me, the legend. It's, of it's more like ER. Is it more like it's ER? It's like proto ER. Okay, in a lot cool. Of that ways. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Like a yeah. medical drama. Um, so at the very end of the show, yeah, wow, spoilers. Uh huh. Okay. Um, spoilers for 1982. The yeah, for 19 exactly. Um, <laughs> Around that, I don't know. It was revealed that mm-hmm. the entirety of the show was something being imagined by Tommy Westfall. Who's Tommy? He was so he was an autistic uh, like patient at this hospital. Uh-huh. It was not. I, from what I've read, perhaps handled particularly well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the premise was like, oh, this is just like a fictional world he's created. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 82 to 88. Okay. That's a long period of time, six years, during which there are lots of crossovers with other shows. Other characters just came through. Okay. And here's the like thing. Like as themselves? As the characters that they were in their own shows. Oh, okay. Um. And the problem is uh, those characters also crossed over on some other shows. Okay. And so on and so forth, which means like all of television exists in this one universe, the Tommy Westfall universe. This is a particular theory, like fan theory. Was Friends there? Oh, was Friends there? Do you want to see the list? (laughs) Because Friends had cameos a lot. Here's the map. Let's get the map up for you. Friends had cameos a lot too, but yeah, yeah, but they were never their. Care- no, that's they- different. That's just like Mr. oh, so and so is in the Tommy universe. Of course, of course, it's different. Which is like oh yeah, that's that that's famous that actor. actor yeah. But take for instance someone like I mean, like the biggest one here is from Law and Order. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's his face? That's uh, in the Westfall universe too. Oh yeah. Oh, he, it's like the big one. Twenty four is in here. Of course, everything everything <laughs> fucked the, up, man. Wait, the Adams family. Um. What is the his name Adams from Homicide Life in the Streets? Why am I blanking on this? Why is American Horror Story Murder House in here? Why is the Americans in here? Is this Why just is the six degrees of separation? No, thing? it's not because there's specific a monk, uh, John Munch, Munch, Monk, Munch, Munch, Munch. <laughs> the fucking Richard Belzer character from all the Law and Order shows okay, and also yeah. Homicide Life in the Streets. Yeah, he has specifically that character has shown up in like thirty different things. He's been in the X Files. He's been in all the Law and Orders. He shows up in The Wire briefly. He shows up in Oz. He shows like, once you get to X Files. Well, X Files ends up connecting to a, mil- a million other things, including something like Veronica Mars, which connects to Lost, which connects to Diagnosis Murder, which connects to the Mission Impossible nineteen sixty six show, which. Which then, because of that, connects to a bunch of old <laughs> shit, like All in the Family and the Brady Bunch eventually. But these are characters in-universe. It's not actors who showed up in X, Degrassi y, Z, right? is in here. Yes. Okay. But it, you know, yes, it's the characters who are, it's actors playing the, their characters. Keep going. You keep just going. build, it's, in other words, in other words, so for instance... Alf, the character Alf shows up in, or Bob Newhart from the Bob Newhart show shows up at some point in Alf. Right. But he also shows up in St. Elsewhere. Right. Okay. Which means that Alf and St. Elsewhere are in the same universe. Yes. All right. You I see, see what where I'm this saying? is going now. You see what I'm saying now? No. I'm Could we just up. call this the Elsewhere universe? It's called the Tommy Westfall universe. It's established. Dwayne McDuffie will not be swayed. All right. Uh, I like Elsewhere better because it, it, 
it like assumes another I universe. Love it. No, you know I get it. It's a like, great you you are correct. <sighs> I saw Kingdom like and I DC almost thought it thing? said hearts and I almost got fucked up. <laughs> what did you think it said? Yeah, I saw Kingdom. Draw like and of course I lost like, my mind. Oh, the show Kingdom. It's Kingdom Hospital. No, but Kingdom Hearts is, of course, in the Tommy Westfall universe somehow. Because, like, all you need is one person from one Disney has thing Mickey ever. Has Mickey Mouse ever. Right. Yeah. Has, or has has a character ever shown up in Aladdin. There you go. If Aladdin, if the genie can become someone who's from one of these shows, there is at there least is. A, some sort of directional crossover. Anyway, it's all it's all connected. This is actor network theory. I'm um, fucked up. <laughs> Uh huh. All right, we should do a podcast about video games. Okay, let's start. Yeah. What's good, internet? It is Thursday. The Power Rangers too. <laughs> April twenty. <laughs> I need to. I want to know. I've written down April twenty fifth and twenty fifth and on my notes. Oh. Twenty nineteen. You were listening to Waypoint. We cannot keep looking at. The map of the Tommy Westfall universe. You are listening to Waypoint Radio episode 233. That's a lot of episodes. Wow. So many. That doesn't count Waypoints. That doesn't count Be, Be Good, good rewatch, rewatch It. That doesn't count Waypoint 101 or E3 podcasts. That doesn't count special interviews or bonus pods. We've or basically done casts. like at least 7, 500. 7,022 yep, podcasts. Wow. And this is the 233rd of them. <laughs> Uh, I'm Austin Walker. Those are the voices of Natalie Watson. Yo. Danielle Riendo. Hi. Also joining me today, Kato on the boards and Patrick Klepek from Chicago lifting his Chicago Bears mug. Star Trek and Stargate are in the same universe? Yeah, they're both in the Star What? <laughs> Patrick? I don't Hello. I don't buy Hello? that. Hey, could you tell me if uh, Kato, while you're looking there, are Walking Dead and Sons of Anarchy on the same in the same universe? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> because I saw Walking some dead. Walking Dead is in Walking it. Dead, yes. You're scrolling. Wait, wait, wait. You're scrolling. S, S, S. That's the highest tier of combo you can get. Nope. No. No. Something called Sons of Thunder, though. I bet, you, I bet you Sons of Thunder has a motorcycle in it. Sounds like it. Uh, Sons of Thunder. Sons of Sons of Thunder. <laughs> On a steel horse I ride. What is Sons I'm of Thunder? I want it. Anyone? Uh, no, oh, like it. a racing show? No. Do you? Thank Chuck, you, it's Chuck oh, Norris. Yeah. It's a Chuck Norris show. Oh, it's a, Chuck sure. Norris as a private He's investigator. A yeah. Uh-huh. He's definitely ridden He's a at least cop. one motorcycle mm. in that show. Oh, he absolutely has ridden a motorcycle in this show. What if he was like anti-motorcycle? What if he has one like really weird thing where he's like, I'll do it all. I'll eat snakes. I'll wrangle, <laughs> I'll wrangle all the things, but I won't ride a motorcycle. Well, I won't ride a motorcycle. I don't know what but Chuck I Norris won't sounds like. Ride that a sounds- motorcycle. I've never heard him speak. That's oh. not true. <laughs> nope, that's canon now. That's canon now. Now it's canon. <laughs> um, the reason I bring up those shows is because today we have a new video game. Yeah, it's one that that started with three with six words on a on a whiteboard. The Walking The Walking Dead plus plus, plus not a word. Sons yep. of Anarchy. Yeah. Oh yes, that's six. That's six. That's six. Uh, and then underneath it said money. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure this started with someone who had like a really cool idea. Uh, and from what I've read from your take, Patrick, over on the site, waypoint.advice.com, <laughs> mm, didn't quite hit the mark. 
We're talking about Days yeah, so Gone. Days Gone. Yeah, Days Gone, which is the uh, first original game from Sony Bend. Uh, they're oh. the developers of Siphon Filter. They The original Siphon Filter is a PlayStation 1 game from 1999. That studio, their first title, which I did not realize until I looked it up at Wikipedia when I was writing this piece, was Bubsy 3D. Mm-hmm. That's just oh. like a wow. wild arc. And the Siphon Filler games were trim- like really fucking cool like PlayStation 1 action games. They made a bunch of those. I only played the first two. Um, but weirdly, it's like not something that Sony ever went back to. Maybe because sort of like Splinter Cell came and uh, kind of picked up where Siphon Filter left off. But mm. anyway, like they're a studio that has largely been doing um, like Uncharted for Vita. Um, uh. A resistance game for PSP. Yeah. Um, they've sort of been a studio that's been relegated to doing spinoffs for like uh, ancillary platforms under the Sony umbrella. And they were given an opportunity to like, from what I understand about how this game was pitched, was like, what's the game you want to make? And they, the, the pitch, which like is the way this game was originally shown was uh, what if a, a zombie game, right? We've seen a lot of those, but like what if uh, thousands or hundreds of zombies are chasing you like around the world? There are just actual hordes of them that are going across the landscape and like when you're just trying to go find some fuel, you may just see like a literal army of zombies and like what do you do? Like that's a really, as someone that's read a lot of zombie fiction, played a lot of zombie fiction, watched a lot of zombie fiction, that's an interesting uh, setup. Uh, unfortunately, the game features none of that. Um, <laughs> Days Gone, like the the, set, the setup for it is uh, there is some sort of event. It's unclear what exactly um, but there are, are produced what the game in the in-game fiction calls freaks, which are really I thought, zombies. I, was, I, thought, I thought, it was, thought it was freakers. I think it's freakers. freakers. Well, it depends on like the, the colloquialism that like of the oh, person you're talking that's to. That's true. That's true. Oh wow. So it's like, oh, they're freakers. Like, oh, I ran into some freaks. You know, blah blah blah. So yeah, freakers, okay. freaks. Um, that is that, that is the non-zombie terminology because all zombie fiction for some reason can't just call them what everyone else calls them. They have to come up with their own unique. Uh, terminology because i guess mm-hmm. zombie fiction doesn't exist in the world of zombie fiction but this is not exclusive to days gone that's just a larger criticism of zombie <laughs> movies um but uh and it uh, it picks up two years later uh in which the main character uh uh deacon st john Qu- and can his we buddy just, Boozer. wait wait, wait. deacon yeah? st okay. john well, yeah that's already so he's an mma fighter <laughs> <laughs> he's like it's a it's a great name like this is the thing that's so fucked up is I think if he was a good character, sure. we would all be like, forever. Deacon St. John. Exactly yeah. like yes. that. Exactly. It's a, it's a memorable name. It's a memorable name. It's a, yeah. name. It's a yeah, goofy it's a name, name, but it's name. like a memorable I name. I dig it. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I so I edited your like sort of review of this game. You're only 20 hours in, so it's not... Who knows? Someone, it sounds like 21. a lot of hours. Maybe, maybe hour twenty-one. It's all going to turn around, but it, it probably won't. It's I, I, twenty hours in. I would like one of the things where I kept thinking, like, oh, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going, and I'll like see where like the end turn of it is. Turns out, all I did at hour twenty was unlock the second map, promising that there is mm. at least another twenty hours in front of me. Oh, God, Someone please. just uh, messaged me, uh, Justin Davis, uh, who's a uh, editor over at IGN. He said, "If you're pacing like other writers." I know you're not, in fact, halfway done. No. It took a reviewer 60 hours. Oh. Yeah, 60 is what I've heard. Uh, but there's and a, it, it, Oh, go ahead. I was say, there's a paragraph in your review that's like, the game opens in the midst of a freaker panic. Explosions, fire, screaming. 
Deacon's wife, Sarah, has been stabbed and is bleeding out. Deacon and Boozer, his biker buddy, track down a government helicopter, but it only has room for, wait for it, two. And then he goes on with, like, what the drama is. And in my mind, Patrick, I thought that was, like, a playable sequence, like the beginning of The Last of Us. I thought you were fighting your way through city streets to get to a helicopter. I thought there was, like, you get to know those characters a little bit. Like, just from reading the the text in your very negative review (laughs) oversold the intro. Because the actual (laughs) intro is, like, stitched together. It's something that is, you know... Four minutes long. It starts in the middle of action in a way that does not work. And it's just like, who are these people? What is going on? Why do I care about anyone? Completely not interactive. And then leads into a a forward. It flashes forward like you're about to say. And again, like the level of just like, am I playing this game? Like, am I, what am I? Everything feels at the beginning of this game. So I played the first few hours like it's been stitched together uh, to a month ago out of what maybe was a bigger and even bigger game at oh, some God, point. Yeah. But just like, it's so, it, the way it's cut and edited and the, 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 it's the way it sets up its own world, I had no buy-in. And I was so confused by it because what I thought was like, okay, we're going to start with like setting the emotional stakes. And instead it's just kind of like flat immediately. Yeah, and that Last of Us, you know, I know, you know, I, I know that you're not as big of a fan no, no. of the Last of Us as as, as I am. Like, I, I liked a lot of that game, and, but I think, even, regardless of how you feel about where that game uh, goes, like its introduction into that world is like an undeniably, like incredibly powerful experience. Like, it's a great entryway into like grounding you into like the emotional reality of the characters and the world. Um, and then your miles may vary on where, where it goes from there. I think it's like a a tremendously effective opening sequence. It's sort of like establishing emotional stakes for the characters. And, uh, although days gone is an open world game and the last of us is a much more directed, uh, experience. Um, they are playing with similar like puzzle pieces and emotional pieces. Like they both want to tell capital S serious stories. Um, Mm. this is not days gone is not a campy, like we're just, uh, you know, if, De- if Dead Rising is on one spectrum mm-hmm. where it's just right. embracing like yes. the weirdness, the over the top um, nature of it. Um, and then The Last of Us is on the complete other end where it's like we're going to be like really deadly serious about the, the tone um, we're taking. Like Days Gone is way closer to The Last of Us than uh, than Dead Rising. Um, and for a game that maybe takes 60 hours, like maybe takes me 40 hours to finish. It like is a game that feels like severely underwritten somehow, despite the fact that in those hours you spend I don't know half of it uh, watching like really elaborate cutscenes that strangely even stranger are well acted. Like the characters are doing a lot with really poor writing and confusing motivations and conflicting motivations that don't like it's what I struggled with when I was trying to write my piece, which focuses way more on like the tone and the story and the actions of the character relative to like a deep dive into the mechanics because I just don't even feel like it's even <laughs> worth doing it that much. It's, there's just not much to chew on there. But the game gives you a lot to chew on in terms of all the other stuff. Um, but like this is a character who, and this uh, piece that I get into in the review is like you spend a lot, of, it's, it's a character who has a code, right? Like this is something the game hammers on over and over. It's like Deacon's got a code, man. Like, <laughs> And this is typical of post-apocalyptic fiction, right? Where you dump, you dump people into a world without rules, but ah, like this is one of those people that's trying to 
continue to have rules. And, like, that creates, like, very natural classical tension, like, in a world where it's like, oh, it'd be easier if you just treated everyone like shit. But, like, what if what if not? What if not treat like shit? Um, <laughs> there's a reason that, like, the trope exists because it's effective. Um, and it's also, at this point, a trope to, like, play an antihero or someone who is is a someone who uh, is bad or conflicted or often does the wrong thing. And Deacon is set up as one of those characters that, you know, he's a biker with a heart of gold. Um, <laughs> but like he just does bad things sometimes. And like the, like typifying this is this arc with, um, call it a labor camp, call it a slave trade outpost. Like it's, it's it. basically wow. one and the same. Um in which, uh, so Deacon and Boozer, the way they found their way in this new world is they basically go around, they're called drifters. The drifters are people who like don't settle down into a camp and they go around doing bounties, whether it's hunting down humans who have maybe stolen supplies or hunting down and trying to thin the herd of, of uh, creatures that roam the landscape. Um, and you, one of the factions that you come across is this, uh, this labor camp and it's made clear through the dialogue that Deacon for years has just been dropping people off here. Like oh he'll find someone, save them on the side of the road and then send them here. And then the game tries to establish that, well, maybe he doesn't quite know what's going on. Like maybe he doesn't realize that like, this isn't volunteer work when you get to the camp and every time you visit, there's someone getting kicked in the chest because they're not working. <laughs> and then Deacon oh will gosh. go over and be like, Hey, but Hey, Hey, buddy, you know, you should stop that, I guess. And then you can't <laughs> do anything. You can't intervene. Right. Um, you you go around the camp. You can clearly see that, like, <sighs> there's just a camp and people are digging ditches to try and, like, irrigate the soil so they can uh, uh, plant uh, uh, food. And then to drill down, there's a there's a, there's a really frustrating arc where you save a, a, a woman who has been, like, surviving in her childhood home. She's, like, clearly like mentally like lost, like she thinks her parents are still coming to get her, but it's been years since her parents left. Um, you rescue her and then take her to this labor camp. And then like she radios you, like gets a hold of a radio. It's like, hey, hey, they won't let me leave. He's like, what are you talking about? And like you go and visit oh her. God. She's like, I, they won't let me leave. Like I just wake up and like I have to do this work and I need to get out of here. And he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mission ends. Get credits. Like, go buy new guns. And it's just... Oh, my God. Uh, it's really it's really frustrating. and I, But I think it's... it's um, uh, it fills in a lot what Austin is talking about. Like, it, the game just feels stitched together in so many different ways that the moment you start pulling at the game's various, like, system threads or narrative threads, like, you can see why these contradictions exist because it feels like it's just been stapled into place mm. because it was ripped from somewhere else. And so is there a world where you could do a labor camp in a post-apocalyptic society? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, it makes totally. sense that someone would that pull is, that bullshit. Yeah. And, and maybe even you're going to participate in that. But there's no, the idea that it's like, ah, he's you just, do, conf like, it just. Engage with that idea in You're playing idea a smart dude that can. Right. Right, right. The, the the so there was that quote going around this past weekend. Uh, did y'all see from one of the the devs, the lead dev of Y two K, that RPG that came out oh, earlier yeah. this year? Oh yes, that was like it was exactly one of those things. So so one, it was just like it's 
it was bad. The thing that he said, the, the bigger conversation around it was fucking gross. Like there was some really shitty stuff in there that was like deeply ableist and and just gross in a couple different levels. So I just want to start there. The thing that he said that got passed around was basically like people didn't like my game because I guess games aren't really art. Games are just toys for kids. I'm paraphrasing because people don't understand that like in art you can have a character who's shitty. You can have like a, a – a person who you're not supposed to like, you mm-hmm. know, in you know, in the in the actual full clip, he goes on to say, like, I was trying to make work like Murakami or Polonik, and I'm like, all right, okay. I'm just exhausted. But the point that he is, the point, the not the point he's trying to make inside of this really gross thing that he said is something that we could have a conversation about, which is, hey, there aren't a lot of good. There aren't a lot of good games that have shitty protagonists mm-hmm. in, in the way that there are good works of fiction. Or good films at which the the central you know uh, the the protagonist is someone who you don't necessarily like a lot, mm-hmm. and I think f- from what I've read from Patrick, from what I read from some other reviewers, from what I've experienced in the first few hours, like this is an example of why we don't get a lot of them, which is it's hard to make to do that. It's difficult to write that sort of character. Mm-hmm. And I will say that from playing Y2K, it was also the case that that character was not particularly well written to begin with. But but it is it is frustrating because yes, I think I do believe that there is a space for a game that's like a post apocalyptic game that is digging into this isn't like there's room for it. This is the genre is hey, what do you do when the world has gone to shit? I think about like parts of The Walking Dead that I really like the 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 game even more than the comic or the show. Deal with those questions. And The Last of Us is this. Totally. Also. It sounds totally. so many ways that this really is like, man, The Last of Us was cool. Like somebody played it, enjoyed it, liked yeah. what it was going for. And yeah. again, I, I'm of two minds on The Last of Us. Me I think too. there are portions of it that are incredibly effective and portions that are less effective. But, you know, the reading, I think the pretty classical reading on that is that, yeah, Joel is one of these terrible yeah, characters. Totally. He's a piece of totally. shit. Intentionally, Intentionally so. Intentionally so, but it's written with at least some nuance that it, you know, again, arguably pulls it off, or at yeah, least certainly yeah. pulls it off better than. It I know that like I'm on the outside. No, no one should apologize to me for not having my tastes with The Last of Us. I no, fucking no, know that sure. I'm the outlier here. But I think that that's a case in point. I it's mean, a much really, more effective the, game. It sounds like than the, this. Right. Even, <laughs> even sure. I can talk about like I think that that execution is better, even in terms sure. of just the action, the crafting. Mm-hmm. Like every moment of <laughs> I played in the first few hours of this game. And Patrick, you spent you know way more time with me than it felt cobbled together. It's a bad game to play. It is not fun to control this video. Yeah. Game. yeah. Well, it seems it seems like it, to to that point exactly. Like there's it it feels it seems so interrupted, like constantly interrupted in terms of like your gameplay flow. Like I was just watching the the Giant Bomb Quick Look, um, and. Uh, they were like in the middle of a firefight and all of a sudden the screen goes black and it's like mission complete. <laughs> and then like you have like three mission complete screens that you have to like click through and then you're back like he's like aiming at a fucking zombie still in the middle of combat. <laughs> like it just it, it just seems like that would be not super conducive to to you know. Getting well, into the serious camp. action of it, a serious just like, drama, just yeah. like feeling the flow of combat. Like yeah, if you're in the middle of a firefight and then all of a sudden your screen goes black and you're in a mission complete s- screen, and then you have to like okay readjust when you come yeah. back. Like that just seems like if that was happening a lot, that would be yeah. That thankfully did not happen to me. What did happen to me, or what what I have experienced is one. I don't think any of those firefights are good, and there are a ton of them. 
Patrick, you read about the question mark like side activities in your mm-hmm. in yeah. the game. Yeah, so like there, yeah, there are like main main missions that you're like you know running through on your motorcycle. Although at a certain point you just fast travel to everything and then mm. don't spend that much time on your bike. Um, Great, good. And... I'm glad this biker game really just de incentivizes <laughs> travel on the bike. Uh, and uh, you, um, yeah, there's these like blue question marks that are like random events that like pop up. The game sort of like systemically like drops in on you occasionally. Um, you don't like hear a scream, like you don't know any context. The game just like says question mark and then you can or or cannot go and and go check that out. And like one of the ones that I had, and this like speaks to like, just like the uh, narrative confusion of, of this game was, uh, okay, there's a question mark. And usually my experience has been, that's, oh, you're going to go save someone. Someone's in trouble. And when you save them, you can send them to like one of the friendly camps. Although you're, in my case, your only choice is to send them to the libertarian truther camp. Uh, which they seem nice enough and it's better than the labor <laughs> camp, I guess. But, yeah. but I, I don't, maybe we could I just guess. start our own community. Um, Wait, so do these, question, and, do these, really quick, do these question marks pop up like as you're passing a place or will they just like yeah. pop up around the map? As you're driving. They like, as you're driving. Okay. So, your like, so it'll be to, like you, somewhere like you, very close. Yeah, like, very close. Okay. You're, not, yes. you're not driving yeah. across okay, the map. Okay, gotcha, to go gotcha. To um, and, and, well, you know, one of them, you know, like a couple of them are like, oh, you find a car and someone's in that car and you shoot a couple zombies and then they're free. Uh, another one's, uh, they're caught in a bear trap and you free them and blah, blah, blah. So like, those are some really simple ones. And then there was another one where I came across like an outpost where there's just a bunch of people with guns and I don't have any context for who these people are. Like, they don't appear to be like one of the generic like over the top villain factions, like, oh, the like Rippers. The, we like watched in, Mad Max and thought that the yeah. fucking War Boys were cool, so let's just do the War Boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and, and Days Gone, the Rippers are people that uh wear minimal clothing. They certainly don't wear shirts, and they have uh like have cut themselves all over, and they're always saying you gotta get low. Which they just means they feed you drugs. It's weird. They don't actually establish what they're <laughs> what, what they're like, world rat, building. Why they're doing any of this? <laughs> you gotta get um, low. This is like, to what get is it? Maddie high. is the name of the movie. Which one? Not Maddie. Mandy. The, Mandy. Oh yes. yeah, Mandy. no. Sounds like the I Mandy wish cult. this game was like Mandy. If this game was like fucking Mandy. <laughs> Oh, if it had half of that like style and yeah. energy yeah. and and commitment to its own bullshit. Mm. Anyway, right. yes. but you just kill those people. And you just kill these people. And I thought at the very least, well, I'll climb up this ladder and there'll be like a chest that's got like a sick upgrade that, and you know, cause lots of games do this, right? Yeah, Where you just yeah, indiscriminately kill. Like, 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 it's a lot of games. Yes. A lot of games, it, but there was nothing there for me. It was, there was like literally, there was no special chest. There was no upgrade. There was no radio from one of the nearby camps saying like, thanks for taking taking care of those bad dudes for me. Like the game just marks these indiscriminate humans as a threat for no reason. I killed them. And by kill them, I mean, I fired one shot to get their attention. And then this game's AI just lines them all up for you as they charge, (laughs) charge forward. And you just go pop, pop, pop. Um, It's just so empty. And like the contrast of the, this emptiness, like that specific moment where it feels so empty, what you're doing when stacked against the emptiness of the systems, whether it's like the leveling up or like, yo, you want crafting? We got it. Yo, you want 
hunting, but no survival elements uh, to the game, we got it. <laughs> like this game is a checklist of like just empty right. ideas taken from other open world games. Um, and that is that the, how it feels the most cynical, right? Like it is not yeah, even Walking yeah, Dead well, Sons of Anarchy. I, because it's Last of Us plus open world games. It's Last of Us plus Far Cry is the actual mm. way in which it feels the most cynical. And I don't the I don't know that I don't I do not get the impression this game is cynically made. I get the impression right. that right. this game threw everything into it, and at no point did someone there were not enough decisions made. Let's take this out and expand. Take out X, expand on Y. And instead it was just keep X, keep Y, and it'll all work itself out. Right. Well, and instead you're left with like a bunch of hollow, half-baked, very shallow systems that you end up not interfacing with in any meaningful way because the game doesn't ask, demand, or integrate them. And that same emptiness and like, conflicted like all over the place like just throw it all in here and that's like that's what people do with these games now it actually betrays like you know the level of craft that like ubisoft has refined in like their assassin's creed games like whatever you think of them at this point like they know how to make those games and make them well for the people that like them and like days gone like makes you better appreciate like how hard it is to do that because Days Gone on a feature list on a on a PowerPoint deck seems to check all those boxes, but in practice, like none of them are are worthwhile. Um, and it's just it's a, it's a it's a really frustrating yeah. game to play because it does feel like a game that a lot of love went into, but which is true of every game, right? Like one thing I do want to make clear yeah. is like it doesn't it is not it is not fun. Like I, I there's no joy <laughs> in knowing that I'm writing like probably one of those scathing pieces I've written about a game in a long time. Um, knowing that like you're doing that to something that people have like worked on for a very long time. And like, probably that, in my rough job conditions. is to try and separate those, those things out. And like my service is to, they created a piece of art and for me to respond to it and to try and wrestle with it. But I, I do want to make clear. Cause like sometimes people are like, damn, like fucking got them. It's like, that's yeah. not, that's not how I feel about it. Like I, li- I feel bad. I would like if all games were better. And I want you to see, like things. That's why it's called liking things. I like it <laughs> also. It like. also. I I learned through playing State of Decay two. I don't think they could make a State of Decay that I would actually like because right. what I actually wanted was Days Gone, which is like I want a systemic, narrative focused, open world, zombie game. Like those are all things I want, and I thought Days Gone was like playing State of Decay two. I realized okay, I'm just not getting as much out of the way they do narrative storytelling. What it reveals is like I actually want like the cutscenes and the concrete characters and like that's that is just more my shit. And so it is very much that Days Gone, like in the same way that they checked boxes on what open world games are supposed to have in 2019, this checks a lot of boxes for like what Patrick wants to play in a video game. And yet and and yet I, I found myself like so very frustrated. Like there's a line in my piece um uh, about how I just kept like I'm, I'm sure that you guys noticed this as I during the week. It's like, well, I'm gonna spend the afternoon playing more Days Gone, and <sighs> I sort of settled on my opinion after f- five or six hours. But I kept thinking, like, well, there's gotta right, like, okay, like there's gotta be something around the bend, uh, the Sony bend. Danielle's on the podcast. I just wanted to <laughs> uh-huh. invoke a Thank little you. Danielle for. I think I appreciate um, it. 
Thank you. And, and, and you know, some at some point I got to 20 hours in, opened up the other side of the map and realized, oh, like, there's not. Like, there's just more of what I've been getting. And there's not, like, a turn that's suddenly going to, like, contextualize everything that came before. Weird thing, Austin, like, you're um, you're a bit about being confused about the intro. And, like, why isn't that playable? Or, like, this yeah. feels, like, weirdly stitched together. They then at different points have flashbacks mm. where they fill in more parts of that sequence, but not in like a, oh, what was really going on? Just like more spots of like that sequence. Oh, I yeah, deeply dude. feel that there was a long extended introduction sequence yep. that you played where you, like a lot of games do. That's yeah. how you introduce the basic mechanics of shooting and climbing and yeah. walking around. And because there are whole sequences where like they get holed up in a, a warehouse and they're wa- running through the streets. Like you just see like if if that's true, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's true just because the way it's stitched together and doled out is just so very odd. I feel like the structure of this game may have been like very different at lots of different stages. Yeah. And then maybe some of the narrative inconsistency, like like the code thing. Right. So they say he has a code. But only one time in my 20 hours does a character reference a line for what his code actually is, right? It's just implied morality code. There's only one right. time where there's like a shootout where like a woman is in peril and like a character remarks like, oh, right. Yeah, you don't you don't shoot a woman unless you have to, right? And it <laughs> would make the, sense if code. like at the beginning of the – well, that, but that's, that's – No, but I actually think – The implication there is that he has like a bullet point right, of like, like these are whole, the things – yeah. But it never uh, does that, or at least it doesn't maybe happen that in hour 45. I, I also think that that is part of the fucked thing of that trope in general, which is like what you tend – not always. There are people – there are times where you have a character who like literally has a code, which is like, you know, uh, in terms of like always punch up or like always, you know, only go after – never kill women. I'm an assassin. I'll kill anybody but no women and children or like I'll, I'll you know, I'm a, I'm a brutal killer but I'll only kill people who once you've, once you've shown me that they're guilty of a crime or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But this particular model, especially in post-apocalyptic stuff, is so often just like and my code is I trust my gut. My yeah. gut is that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm, you know, John Everyman, and I know right from wrong, and I, I'm gonna follow my code. Because that I'm allows, never gonna enumerate it. No, because that allows you to wade through moral ambiguity with your your compass, like grounding itself to yourself. Like yeah, it's not to exactly anything external, and so. Even though you're in gray areas, at least you're tr- like at, you've always gone with your gut. Right. So like, no matter it's it's like a fucking cop out. Like you, there's no. You know, what, you know what's a good uh, thing to have instead of a code is like responsibilities. But like he's a drifter. <laughs> like part of the part of the reason they it's very clear in the first few hours of that game that the attraction of being the drifter is nothing to weigh you down, right? Like you don't have to if a community's going over being going bust or if like a, there's a location that's in danger, you can get the fuck out. And so like at the end of the day, your code is you and Take maybe maybe a couple of other people. Which I, I'm, I'm sure by the end changes, of this game, yeah. there is some. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm Maybe it's just know. the bike. Maybe it's just him and the bike. He does love his bike. bike. He does love his bike. I will say that much. Nobody will shoot I do my it bike. All. Patrick, why does it cost? Mm, so there's there's a bike upgrade system in this game. There is very limited. You get you gain trust at different places by doing quests for them, presum- yep. presumably, and selling yep. them ears, um, zombie um, ears, yep. zombie okay. ears, uh, baby Elephant zombie ears. ears. He's a baker. Um, is that food? No, I think it's ba- it's just bounties. Like I killed thirty. It's just of them. bounties. It's just like evidence that you've Ears? like tried to like uh, thin the herd. You know, around like like the camp. yeah, uh huh. You know, like the long history of taking a trophy from 
a thing you've killed to trade in from. It's a gross history if you look oh, into it. This. Um, the you get paid and you get trust, and eventually you can go to the mechanic and be like, "Hey, can you upgrade my engine?" And the thing I noticed was it's cheaper to upgrade my engine or to add like new tires than it is to put a bag on my car <laughs> on my bike. Yep. which is very funny. It's like that's level two trust only, buddy. You want us to fix up your engine, give you new tires? We got that. You want a backpack on there? No. You better give me some more ears, uh, um, which is very oh, funny. It's, I, it's funny you bring up State of Decay 2 because that was the game I also thought about a lot while playing it, especially around the systemic stuff, but also around my expectations of presentation and my expectations of storytelling. The, every like, There was a moment where I played – there was like a three-minute moment where I got three or four radio conversations back-to-back that were paced as if – Hours had gone by between them where it's like, like, da, 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 da. like, hey, Boozer, how you doing, buddy? How's your arm going? And he's like, oh, it's, it's, it's going it's going good. Deke, it's going good. I'm all right. My arm's fine. They get off the bike to pick something up, get back on the bike, or maybe even don't even get back on the bike. And it's Boozer, and he calls in. He's like, yeah, just wanted to check in. I know it's been a little while since we talked. <laughs> <laughs> like, Booze, like, we were just talking, my guy, a second ago. Get back on the bike, ride along of the radio, the, like, radio-free organ plays, the libertarian radio guy. And then mm-hmm. it, like, ends. And then the, the same dude calls me up, and he's like, I don't know, you know, you haven't heard from me in a while. But I'm like, all right, what is the pacing of this game? And the funny thing is, something Save Decay 2 had a lot of those same problems around constantly hearing stuff from random characters. Yeah. But... None of it ever one because it was a systemically driven game. My expectations for the flow of that stuff was lower. You just expect it's going to stack. It's going to be janky and weird. Yeah, because if yeah. you're progressing quite quickly, right, like, things are going to happen. It's tied to the simulation e- yeah, in some yeah. way. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, th- uh, yeah, I queued these things up. Yeah. Whereas in the fiction of this world that wants me to buy into its fiction in that way, like. No, Boozer's supposed to be asleep right now. Literally, the last thing he said was like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. And then I picked up a flower. <laughs> he and couldn't he, sleep. He, I guess but if he had said that, he should have said that. <laughs> well, is, take a nap. Is the day-night system tied to missions, or is it? does it just go on? It, it goes on, and really, it's tied. So, it's, yeah, there's, a really, there's some really strange – yeah, there is a day-night cycle that is uh, narratively important because, like, there are times when you'll want to, like, to unlock new fast travel points, you have to, like, clear out these nests – in various locations, which basically just means like throwing Molotov cocktails into a bunch of sticks um, <laughs> a bunch of times. Yep. I mean, it is. Fiction. It's just like a bunch of it sticks. It looks why like the Blair Witch. Just I'm like, sure why do they the have game, nests? I'm sure if I played the game, they would get there. I'm sure that they would investigate what are, are they it. They're in, it's like a yes, paramilitary they're, they're, organization, right? Yeah, there's there, there there does appear like they're building to some like potentially interesting. I hope it's ex- birds. There, the there is some, there, you know, there's a suggestion that like. You think these are zombies, but like, how gone are these people mm. actually? And like, some potentially interesting s- stuff that it could mm. that it could play with. Um, but um, you, I don't even know where I was going with this point. Why uh, day night cycle? Where was I? Day night cycle, right? So at night, um, there are fewer of the zombies because they actually like do hole up and like go to sleep. Like, um, so if you want to like go uh, loot out a place, like. There'll be less of them, but they're stronger at night. Whereas you go in the day, there's more of them, but they're weaker. Um, so that part is the sort of like the main justification for the day-night cycle stuff. But then there's like all sorts, and this happens in a lot of games. It but it, I've never seen it so perfunctory in Days Gone, where like a mission that like I was just assigned, like I'll go over to it, and when you show up to the little icon, like 
the, 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 the motorcycle pauses and then like the camera goes up and you just watch like the day and the night like cycle through till it gets to the spot. And it just does this over and over in like a really awkward sort of fashion where it seems like they could have, I don't know. It's just, it's everything about this game is just like supremely awkward in, in ways that just add up over and over again. Let me read you something from the VG 24 seven review. Cause I pasted this in sure. our uh, <clears throat> chat. Um, this is from uh, Kirk. McKean, 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 I'm sorry, Kirk. If you re- if you listen to this, I just botched your last name. Um, his from his review, he says, "There's a point about a quarter uh, way into Days Gone where a hero, Deacon St. John, finds looters wrecking the church where he married his missing wife. How Deacon is a drifter who makes uh, drift- <laughs> Deacon is a drifter who makes his living hunting bounties across the Pacific Northwest, monetizing the post-apocalypse. He never hesitates to use his gun, though he doesn't shoot women unless he has to." It's his code. He's like a sexist, murderous Batman who wears a backwards cap and a biker gang cut. In my playthrough, I clear the holy site with an LMG and grenades. Then Deacon does the only logical thing. Firebombs the church so nobody can vandalize it ever again. Um, What? Like, that's a cut? There's another sequence. There's another sequence where, uh, mild spoilers, I guess, where it's like you're trying to deal with a threat and... You just blow open a dam and just like slaughter an entire town of people to deal with. Got to have a code. Um, Got to have a code. You know, you know? only kill people. And that's with water, just like an awful code. <laughs> like, the, um, you know, the, to, sort of to conclude on this, we can move on to other stuff. Like, um, like the Sons of Anarchy thing. They have said in in interviews, it was like an emotional thematic touchstone. If you haven't watched Sons of Anarchy, it was a it got, became very long in the tooth. It went on for like four seasons too many on FX. Um, Kurt Sutter, who was one of like the lead writers on The Shield, which I've never seen, but I know that people have said is like a pretty good show. Um, and uh, it, it, Sons of Anarchy is a show about a, a biker gang that like like their stated goal is to like defend like their small town, their community, but consistently acts like deeply hypocritical in like, you know, smuggling drugs, like bringing in mass violence, like, and the the show when it's at its best is operating, understanding that, that hypocritical stance as part of the pitch of the show is that you spend a lot of time with characters that you grow to care for, to root for, even as you're screaming at them for making obviously bad choices. And that eventually like it, it loses the thread on that as it just gets, too long and, and too ridiculous, but it is a, it is a show about like, you know, uh, a family and like when families make bad choices and that's what this game wants to be. It also wants to be like, you know, the golden age of TV anti-hero streak. It wants Deacon to be like a Walter White. Like it wants you to root for someone who is making poor decisions, but it just never gets, it never, despite being 60 hours long, despite being as long as like a seven season <laughs> TV show, <laughs> It somehow never manages to capture any of what that kind of narrative does at its best. And because the mechanic so mechanically poor, it's it's the reason I end up focusing so much on the narrative stuff is because like it felt like that's where they put so much of their effort or there was just so much to wrestle with because all the other stuff feels so perfunctory and boring. And if you want something like it, there are just a thousand other games that are doing doing it better. Um so Day's gone. Super bummer. I'll yeah. probably still finish it because I, I've, I've, you should do that. Forty more it's, hours of your life. Well, I'm not gonna like play it like I've played it for the past two weeks. It's yeah. more, um, it's a mindless game that I can play with podcasts, and so 
there, not every game is that, right? <laughs> like, I can't play Sekiro and listen to a podcast. Like, that's fair, just not going to happen. Fair. But if it's like, I've got an hour before I go to bed and Sekiro is too much, then maybe I'll, like, plug away. I, I like that I finished Red Dead Redemption 2, even though yeah, I don't particularly fair. care for that that's game. Fair. Like, I have a... Un- is that the design? I like to finish Like, things. is that the... What? Is that... So, like, one of the things we, we talked about earlier was... The ways in which, and Matt Galt wrote about this over our motherboard, is like this, Matt, Matt Galt's thing was like, this is a parody of AAA games, effectively. This are big budget games, I think was the head. Um, it has all the, checks all the boxes, what we keep saying. And one of the things that, that, that we haven't talked about is like, I guess we, we've kind of said like, oh, it's just all that stuff is better executed elsewhere. I think the thing that I'm learning is by and large, I might be done with a lot of that design stuff with the with rare exception but like even with something like a far cry game which i can be like yeah they you know uh, lots of people like this right lots of people for a lot of people this is working it's pretty fun right this is working for a lot of people right Uh, like I went back and played four before five came out and like didn't have that good of a time with it. Um, I d- kind of bounced off of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know I'm talking about a lot of Ubisoft games, but like, but Last of Us similarly, like a completely different type of game, but like a lot of the the kind of um, kind of uh, prestige aesthetic that it goes for like bounced bounced off of me, and I am still a, a, a uh, I am still. You know, I still find games like State of Decay 2 with all of their jank appealing because of some of the design stuff. Every gunfight that I got into in State of Decay 2 was something that mattered to me because of the consequences. Whereas all the gunfights I got into in Days Gone are just a thing that happens for 30 seconds. And that is what makes Days Gone a better podcast game than Save the K2 <laughs> or than, than Sekiro where, like, you're constantly on this, like, high state of alert or whatever. But this core, like, when I say aesthetic, I don't just mean visual aesthetic. Right. I mean this this design aesthetic, kind of this the broad, well. the yeah. loop, all the stuff that, that combines to make what I think of when I say a game's aesthetic, the, 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 the very, like, makeup of what it is from visuals through design yeah, through yeah. narrative through yeah exactly but all of that stuff um is might be broken and what playing days gone has done really well for it may be broken for me mm-hmm. and what it, what it's done for me has just been like okay when you when you get rid of the sheen that comes from having really impressive technical graphics like it looks fine it doesn't it doesn't look pretty when you get rid of when you convince me at the start instead of at hour 30 that the narrative isn't going to go anywhere impressive to me like because that's what that's what will happen to me with a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey it's like wow I kind of like Cassandra I wonder if this goes somewhere that's going to really make me excited and the answer is always like eh, it has some moments that you could read about on Wikipedia you can watch the cutscenes, <laughs> but you don't need to play 70 hours to get that joy um, and it's, 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 I don't know, like that to me is the bigger dilemma right now. And it's what we've talked about a lot before when it comes to things like, Hey, is there, it, can a studio basically just pour money into a single player game, follow the the blueprint and then it's good and people will like it. And Days Gone says no, but what I don't think it'll do is shake up. I don't know that it will shake people out of wanting the things that they still want. And that's, I, you know, I'm not here to say what you should, should or shouldn't want. But I, I, maybe what I really wished is that Days Gone had been more ambitious in terms of the survival in stuff. In a different direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Pick one of those I directions. Think what it, like games like Assassin's Creed have like the bo- – like if you want that particular thing, which Days Gone is, is also going for on a certain template, just certain – games are doing it at a certain at a level that even if that doesn't do it for you right like you austin right mm-hmm. where it's like I, this is just i'm growing out of this template i'm a little bored but for the people that like that's an itch that scratches for them like 
you have to hit that bar and Days Gone doesn't get anywhere near it. And if they knew early enough, look, we're not Ubisoft Montreal. Like we don't have 1,200 people or whatever to throw at this game. Like we're a pretty small studio. Like State of Decay is an open world game. So it's not that you can't make interesting right. games in using open totally. the, 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 the vague term open world, but you have to pick a lane that plays to your studio strengths and zigs when everyone else is zagging, right? And so what Days Gone didn't do was choose like, yeah, if it had doubled down, like, look, we're going to be State of Decay. Like, if it literally just been, we're going to be State of Decay, we're going to have like way more systemic stuff, way more random events in the world, but we're also going to have like a core narrative with like fucking motion capture and like, like if that was the lane it picked, I think it would have been more successful because it limited its scope. Um, but by not limiting its scope at all, it managed to like do poor imitations of things that are being done very well, very polished elsewhere. And I, I'm with you. I wish it had just just chosen to be weirder and stranger and maybe more polarizing in a different vein. This Um, because it would have had a better chance of finding an audience. I think this reminds me a lot of the conversation that we just had around the game that you played. The stealth, the st- what was that game that you played? The stealth tra- game where you're making traps and shit, and you hated oh, it. Oh, the square game, the front mission one. Oh, left alive. Left alive. Uh, yeah. Yes, which I can't. Totally. This conversation reminds totally. me a Using lot. The two. Of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Sort of the conversation that we had around that, where I remember us specifically kind of coming down to the conclusion that there were just other games that did each of the individual things that that game was trying to do better. Yeah, that game had lots of... That game was also just, like, technically broken in a way that right. is hard to talk about. Did you see that patch? Did you see that patch? They made they it... did some big patch. They did a big patch. I've heard from some people who've played it that it's still not great. Um, but, like, you know, I would rather spend my time playing More Left Alive than playing Days More Days Gone wow. at this point because it's weirder, because it's like, what the fuck is this thing doing? Yeah. Um, but really right. what I want to do now is, like, go back and check out that Save Decay 2 DLC and, like, finish a campaign in that. And yeah. Like, because that 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 game also just fundamentally has a, a story that I'm more interested in when it comes to post-apocalyptic zombie yeah. fiction, which is, like, how do you put together a community that, that functions? What Like, even if it's just weird, like, systemic Sims-style interactions, yeah. it's still more exciting for me, the player, to be like, all right, how, what do I fucking build in this stupid base, this stupid police station we took yeah. over, this stadium we took over, to try to, like, keep people a little happier than it is to be like, let me go to the question mark on the map and kill 13 people who don't have names. Yeah, Days Gone just seems like a series of safer yet more incoherent decisions like design decisions in the sense that like okay we know like these are established mechanics in a game based on like open world like this is just this is what open world games you gotta upgrade weapons you gotta have random events uh, while you're riding your steel horse, gotta have trust on your bike. You gotta have yep, but bike trust. Bike trust. <laughs> um, but I honestly wish there was a bike trust meter. That would have been great. Mate. Oh, you get, that'd you be so get, like, funny. Zero custom. You get zero customization really on the bike to the point where you can't ever really make it you yours. You can color it's just, like, it, right? You can boring. paint it. Yeah, but like, it's not like you can really like. Oh, I'm gonna put fucking like weird shit on my bike Passles. that's like specific <laughs> or like what if you could you know, like, sure. you know put stuff on the front yeah, so that yeah. you could like antlers, antlers or something so you could like mow down zombies right. like and it's like oh but that makes a certain weight which means that you can't put this up like there's no, no there's decisions to be made mm. to make it like part of your identity even though 
it is clearly communicated by the character that like his bike biker culture is like a huge part of his identity. And yeah. customization is a huge part of biker culture. Like that is right. just that relationship with your yes. bike, yes. making it yours, yeah. making it an expression of yourself, like defining yourself through or or you know as an extension of yourself so i don't know <laughs> yeah the, the the aesthetic of like the individual biker is like a huge part yeah. of like that culture and their identity and like there's just none that seems there's like just a none huge, of that huge there's none of it great i, I wow. wish they had made gaze dawn instead oh that'd be oh, good gaze dawn. gaze dawn it was about like cool gay bikers in the apocalypse yeah wouldn't that be much the more morning? fun the, yeah, the morning? Morning. everyone just decides to be gay in the post-apocalypse yeah, like, hey, like, you know what fucking listen let's destroy fuck this straight stuff yeah fuck it let's just bring it down take down the gender Honestly, hierarchy get rid of it let's fuck whoever we want to fuck that's a fun game that's where i'm at that sounds right great. now as long as it's consensual and I, fucking super course. clear because uh, this course. game probably goes in the other direction yeah. where it's like we yeah uh um, no. The thing I like about Gazed On is it's also it's also like a, a pun of like gazed on, like to yes. be gazed upon. <laughs> yes, it. it's about like male beauty in the case of Deacon St. John, right? God, yeah, yeah. My yes. Gazed yes. On is... That's also a great... Deacon St. John could be a porn star. That's a good name for a porn star. Yeah, 100%. My Gazed On is making <laughs> eggs in the morning. That's, with some tossed that's salads. Like your oh, with some tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Is that going to be in this podcast, Kato? Yeah. Okay. Put it at the I end. I think it has to be yeah, now. Otherwise. So that's the opener. Oh, right. We opened on that. Oh, good. You're welcome. <laughs> no, but actually, it, mine would be like a like a um, bed and breakfast simulator. That would be your in the apocalypse. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Come through. Run it. by me uh, yeah. and my lesbian partner. I would also super just in love post-apocalyptic games yeah. that lean into this direction, which is like... The immediate like thing that we do in post post apocalyptic fiction is like everyone fractures and becomes their worst selves. Yeah. And what we know from actual crises is that people actually join up yeah. and do their best to help each other. And so like, who knows if that's true in a long term situation? Yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in a but lot are, of people. Yeah. But what are the institutions that come out absolutely. of like, and who's who's a part of them, and and totally. what would it be like to run some sort of we post-apocalyptic? We didn't always have cops, and yet the world existed. Yeah, like people had restaurants, mm -hmm. and like that's like the world that existed for a long time, mm -hmm. and there were ways in which that society could re that type of society could reemerge. Yeah. We didn't always have credit cards, and like and yet we were not. Despite lots of popular myths, just like, you know, brutal barbarian dictator warlords fighting nonstop. Like history is long, it turns out. We've been yeah. around for thousands and thousands of years and seeing those variations. For what it's worth, Horizon Zero Dawn actually did some of this stuff I was going to actually well. mention that a little bit. Like, okay, the structure of that society wasn't all bad yeah, in there was, some ways. Or there like, were some, some There were different societies. Yes, exactly. It's also different. Right. right? That yeah, was the key. Different. Yes. Like, yeah. it, it's. Like if, it, even if it's not all like everyone gets along, totally. like it's at least imagine like Horizon Zero Dawn rethinks yes. society and how it might resettle if mm. like the deck was right. Yeah. I wish that, I, and like they like the one thing I wanted was more of that from that game because it's like right. here are two or three yeah. clear societies that are pretty distinct from each other. Give me like six of those. Let me yeah. see. Even something like the the best Fallout games do this pretty well, where yeah. it's like okay, hey, look, here are the different like enclaves of people mm -hmm. who have developed in different directions and who it's have not different all priorities. All good or all bad or all one or all the other. Yep, yeah, totally. Anyway. Variety. 
We should take a break. I want to close you with a. I want, okay. Hold on, I'm going to close you with a quote. You need to go to the break. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Inc- I couldn't get into this in my in my piece, but I want to leave you with a a quote from. There's a scene where Deacon and, and Sarah, who again characters who are generally played pretty well by their, Who's their, Sarah? their actors. I I. I've, uh, a friend, actress. It's not no, like in the, oh, love in interest, the story. love interest, right? Love interest. Yeah. yeah. So they're getting. There's a scene where the flashback where they're getting married. Oh, okay. Um, okay. and uh, <laughs> her closing line before they kiss. <clears throat> Promise me to ride me as much as you ride your bike. Shut the fuck up! Look, this works for days. Dawn too. What does he say back? What does he say? I do. Does he say, is that the vow? He kisses the fuck out of her okay. because they want to go bang behind the pew, On I the guess. bike. This is pre-apocalypse, right? Yes. Okay. Damn, Sarah's not, a freak. Not more than the bike? <laughs> but is she a freaker? She no. Is she, she a freak? She is, uh, ooh, that's twist. the real Plot question. Twist. Plot twist. She a zombie. I hate this I am. I am. I am. I didn't get into it because I came away mixed on that wine. Like, it's getting dunked on right now. But also, like... It's also not it's the case honest. that you see. Yeah, well, let her. You don't see. You don't see a lot of like very forward. Like I just want to fuck from like from women, women specifically in media. Yeah, look at game. You know, without getting into spoilers, Game of Thrones had that has been a big topic the last week. Sure. Is like what is it like when a woman asserts her her own sexuality on her own terms? And so I came away from that line being like. You can look at it and be like, roll your eyes. Yeah, good and like, for you, fuck? Sarah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, right, it's like, yo, she just says she wants to it. fuck her man. And I'm hell like, yeah. Cool. Go, go fuck go on that bike go right now. But then get out of here because zombies are coming also. <laughs> you drive the bike very slowly while going. While going. That's, That's dangerous. dangerous. That's super dangerous. Be safe. Very Wear dangerous. a helmet. What, please. Please. Use protection use, in every fashion. Protection. Please. please, I'm begging you. We <laughs> should. Breakers. We now need to take a break. Please. Yep. Then we will be back. Sarah and Deacon, they need, they're need. they not taking they a break. They are not. They're not <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, we are back to talk about some more games. I have some quick hits that I want to hit before we get into another big hit, topic. Hit, hit. Uh, I played Katana Zero, which a lot of people seem to like a lot, and I'm not liking uh. very much. It's like a it's like a 2D side scrolly Hotline Miami, but you're a samurai assassin in like a vaguely neon retro futuristic mm-hmm. world. I've watched you play a lot of this. Uh, uh. I don't. So part of the I, – I played like 15 minutes of this. Like part of the thing is that like you're supposed to clear all the levels without getting hit, right? And then yeah. anytime you get hit, you go back to the start and you're trying to do like uh, the Just like Hot on Miami. Run. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the game. And it's like a side scroll. You you have a sword that slashes through people. You can like jump. You can grab stuff and throw it. And you can slow down time, which is not like Hotline Miami or maybe Hotline Miami Two did that, but but one definitely didn't. Uh, you can like slow down time so you can knock bullets back to your enemies or like jump through traps or roll through lasers or whatever you need to do. Um, and it just the biggest thing for me really is just like the vibe. I'm so much. I'm so. You know, there are still exceptions here or there, but we need to get – we as a culture, as a subculture, need to get past the Drive soundtrack. I like it. <laughs> I think it was dope. The kind of like 80 synthwave Can I get a pass shit. for be- Breakfast in Battlegrounds though? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That was a good usage of it. There are moments that are still good. Like I think that music is still good music. Yeah. Right? I'm not but, – but it is not enough to like be like, uh-huh. What do, you, what do you think of the 80s? <laughs> First of all, games just like needs to catch up because we're in the middle of a big 90s renaissance right now. Yep. Go watch those Chance the Rapper Doritos commercials. No. I don't, I don't want to either. It's really depressing to me as a fan of his. I want Same. him to make good music again instead. But the point is, that's like Backstreet, Backstreet Boys shit. That's like, who was someone else who just didn't want? I guess that was a Rick James thing, which would have been more 80s. But the, the point is, like, we're in the middle of, like, a big 90s nostalgia swing, but games are still deep in their 80s shit. Yeah. Um, and it's going it's, to, we're going to catch up, and it's going to be weird. What is 90s oh, music dude. aesthetic sound like in a video game? I don't know yet, but someone should figure it out. Uh, it's it's oh, Saved by grunge. the Bell. You can yeah. Grunge. So it's, it's grunge. Yeah. It's like bubblegum pop, but yeah. more 90s than 80s stuff. And it's like boy bands and teen and like Britney Spears type shit. Yeah. I'm just, um, I'm just curious because like it's the, the, the visual aesthetic is easier to imagine. We're seeing a little bit of this, right? We're seeing yeah, games. This is the Lisa that are Frank, the. Yeah. Doing a lot of PS1 like yes. flat shaded. Yeah, like like also that. Games. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I just musically, I just. I'm in my head. I'm trying to think what is what even is video game music? Nineties rap from the like nineties rap. Absolutely, is <laughs> like Don't so distinctive. Anyone except that's for what like Days Gone people. is missing was just like Deacon <laughs> dropping. No, but honestly, how good would have nineties Days Gone been? Days Gone yeah, set in the early nineties. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. You would just the scale. The flannel everything. was unironic. The flannel was unironic. Mm-hmm. The mute like grunge music everywhere. It is yeah. the Pacific Northwest. It's already right? the Pacific Northwest. Right, w, uh, the World Trade Organization uh, uh, protests. Like that's what you, it was really about. That's what if it was. That's what if, they made this I, game about. It I was mean, an allegory for that. This game already has a bunch of that style of right. like anti-government right. like uh, uh, stuff, but it is way more libertarian. Though the WTO uh, protests are very complex. Yeah. They were, but, but there well, were libertarian. Yes, but yes. There were like libertarian left elements. To anyway, we could get yeah. into all that. The point is that game in the '90s would have actually immediately had a lot of character, mm-hmm. and Dang. and You're like. Right. God, no one had phone, had cell phones. No, you're just riding your bike. I'm even now. I'm like, I'm mad, mad. retroactively yeah. about it now. Fuck. We and need a time we machine. We didn't even need Days Dawn. We could have just done. Days, I mean, it would have been even. It would have been good to also be about like the queer scene yes. in the Pacific in Northwest the 90s? in the nineties. Come on, holy come shit! On, we made on. the best game. Come on, in this our game's lives. all right now. Anyway, Katana Zero. <laughs> the levels like go a little too long. I don't have a lot of fun doing the challenges, and none of the aesthetic stuff works. And it's also just like super edge lord around like the way it depicts violence and. And then, like, masculinity and some other shit that's like, eh, maybe there's a turn that I would really like. But I'm, like, a couple hours into it and I'm not how, feeling it. How do you like watching too many, those too many rewinds? Games. There are, like, there are too many games. At the end of each level, it does, like, this rewind thing where it's, like, now we'll show you what the it's VHS like the tape, tape, the security yeah. tape caught. And it's, like, I played this a second ago. This doesn't look that dope. 
Yeah. I watched it happen mostly in real time already. I don't need to rewatch it. Yeah, it doesn't like speed it. So the, from what I've watched of you um, playing, a lot of the times when, when you're like going to engage with an enemy, you'll go into like a slow-mo to like dodge a bullet and like yeah. attack or whatever. But when it's played in, in like real time in the rewind or whatever, it's like not fast enough to look impressive. Yeah. There's like it, it just feels a little bit still too slow where it just doesn't seem like like there's sometimes where I'm like, whoa, you did a really cool thing there, but it'll be like one second, it'll be like one action. And I feel like that's I have to very watch 18 much, seconds or 30 seconds. Like you're moving I, I feel kind like of it slow. has to do with the framing though, because I think yeah. the, what you're doing If it just showed those moments or if it's sped up well, like, if it sped up those moments to make it look really dope. Or, or did, like, a cinematic thing where it was, like, cut, cut, cut yeah. to, like, but eat. I, honestly, even if it did that, I wouldn't like this game. Yeah. Like, it's just not that Well, good yeah, the for, writing like, is, like. I think the writing is bad. I think the action is mediocre at best. And, like, it's honestly not worth our time to even discuss it more. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at with it, where it's, like, I don't want to lose a segment to it. Yeah, I feel you. Um, what is a really cool game, and I hope more people play, is Forager. Mm. Um, which is a super cute um, God, it has like such a cool, like a, such a cool structure. It starts and it feels like a survival game, sort of. You start on a single, a little island in the middle of the ocean. It's cartoony. It's two D, bright, colorful art. Um, and you're like, oh, hey, I need to, you know, I guess I can. I have a pickaxe, mm-hmm. and I have a hunger meter, and I have a couple of hearts. Um, and I guess I can like go around and hit this rock and get some rocks, get some mm-hmm. stone. I can hit this uh, iron ore and get some iron ore or some coal, or I can hit these trees. And you have a few things you can build at first. You know, you can like try to build a forge or like an anvil to build some other stuff. And hey, you do enough stuff and you get some XP and you level up, and then you get to a skill, a, a kind of skill selection where it's like, all right, well, what if you got like twice as many pieces of wood when you knock down the tree? Or what if you could start to build um, some? What if you could start to build a windmill? What mm. if you could? Build, what if you start to build little farms out? Or what if you could start to learn magic? Uh, what if you could uh, start to have like an economy where you're making money? And with that money, you can start to buy new islands to explore. Ooh. You spend some of that cash to like plop a new island onto the onto is the someone, board. Is there someone you're buying from? It's magic. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, ma- it's magic. It's just bop. Here's an, or, or who knows? Maybe if yeah. I buy enough islands, I'll learn this. Um, and you go to that new island and that new island just has like a cool puzzle on it. There are different pillars with Ooh. like icons written on them. And if you hit them in the right order, a magical chest appears and gives you a bunch of new stuff. Um, there is like as this continues, eventually you're getting new equipment, you're getting weapons, you're getting new magical spells, and it ends up feeling in some places like a Zelda game, mm-hmm. but but mixed with something like um, a very s- simple farming simulator where like mm-hmm. I'm right now focused very heavily on the farming side of it. So I am now like my hunger meter is never gone. I'm like making a ton of uh, cool you know, food. I have a bunch of like fishing farms set up and I can cook all that food. Um, but you could, I could have completely gone in the opposite direction and been focused on like mining and gear and equipment and focused on that angle instead. Um, and it's just – it has – you know, I think that there is a, a deeper crit that you could write around what being pulled in by this gameplay loop is and being pulled in by – like I am not playing this game with these sort of like 
I'm not taking careful notes. I'm not like thinking yeah. about, you know, usually like who are you buying this from? I have not like stopped to be like, okay, what are the, the sociopolitical, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, not only like of the world, the context of the world, but also just like, hey, this is a game that's fundamentally about like walking around an island and consuming as many resources as I can for mm. me, god damn it. Like it is just like a constant like trees pop up and you knock them down and you take the wood and you use the wood to build stuff. Like there is probably a logic of this game that is worth critiquing, but as a thing to play during a very, very, very busy, terrible week that I've had, mm -hmm. being able to be like disappear into this very bright and colorful world of of it's not just making the numbers go up. I think that's why I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. There are lots of games that are like, um, hey, like just do a farm, do a farm and make the numbers go up, uh, or or it's also not str strenuous in the sense that like when I play a game like like uh, Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or a game like Minecraft, even um, I feel like I the Austin want to be creative <laughs> mm -hmm. and like make cool shit, um, and this is a game where like even though I'm too tired to do that, I can still, <laughs> the game has cool shit to show me. Yeah. Um, it's interested in in rewarding me when I want to set up a cool plot of farmland, mm -hmm. but also rewarding me when I just want to like, you know, mine some gold, turn it into gold coins, and then buy a new magical island to explore. Mm -hmm. um, I just unlocked like a temple that is like a place to go into and almost like Stardew Valley um, or Animal Crossing's museum or something, go in and be like, here are 50 fried fish that I've cooked to add to your fish, your museum of food. And like, then you're going to give me an upgrade or whatever like for that. doing that. And like that stuff is just like, it. it is... It is doing that specific style of design super well. That's called Forager. I think it's like 20 bucks on Steam. Um, I really wish it was on Switch. Yeah, I was about to ask. I was going to ask what platform. I really wish it was on Switch. God you got damn. On there. Um, Danielle, you played another indie yes. game this yes. week. Can you tell me about Yuppie Psycho? Yuppie Psycho uh, is a game that is evoking, of course, uh, American Psycho, but it's going in a, the opposite direction. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, of course Completely it is. Completely opposite is. direction, uh, where you are a pretty normal person going into a. Let me let me paint this picture for you. Please. All right. So this is a pixel art adventure game. It's from Baroque Decay, uh, and it came it it came into my life, and I could not put it down for like a month. I just actually finished it last night. I'm gonna have a review on the site, or should have a review on the site of it. And riddle me this: the workplace, the <laughs> modern workplace. Got it in mm -hmm. my head. The office is hell. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Okay, mm. so you basically <laughs> play as this guy, Brian Pasternak. He's a normal, hapless dude. Uh, he's a class G citizen in this very stratified society. Mm. And he's offered a class A citizenship if he comes and works at Centracorp. Okay. With a big S-I-N, with a big S. Oh, you meant literally hell. Yes. A moment ago. Yes. I thought you were saying, like, what if your office was shitty? It's both. <laughs> it's both. Okay. It's all both. Uh, and he goes to this place, and it is uh, very much like a tongue-in-cheek but wildly campy, over-the-top sort of uh, idea, a vision of the office as hell in both the sort of literal and figurative sense. Like, yeah. yep, horrible coffee, bad fluorescent lighting. You have to do all this batshit banana pants corporate HR stuff. You know, you have to do team-building exercises. Ugh. You have to do all the terrible things that nobody likes to do. But also there's a witch, and you have to hunt her. And also there's mutants and toxic gas and mummies. There's a big mouth in this wall. Giant mouth. She's gonna eat you up. No, look at spit this. Spit you out. Yeah, that's. Can you show? Uh, you're gonna see. You're gonna right. So there's this a... game is batshit. 
Like, there are people dancing. What is yep. this? He's like kind of an anime boy vibe he is. going on. That's actually the thing that was maybe the least appealing to me really? about this game okay. is that it's very like, it looks like an anime boy and the cutscenes are very like. These are very. <gasps> I love anime boy tears. So. Oh, well, there's a lot of them in this game. This is the game for I'm you. here for it. For uh -huh. sure. Uh -huh. I, in terms of gameplay, it kind of splits the difference between like a very traditional adventure game. Yeah, that's wrangling, what I was wondering. like a, an inventory. You have a pretty big inventory screen, that sort of thing. And something a little bit more Zelda-like. Mm. There's a lot. There's no combat, but there's a lot of things like dodging enemies that can kill you. Sure. So stuff like that, basically. And the only, you know, like the only way you can ever defend yourself is is certain enemies, you can kind of knock them out if you get close enough to them, but most enemies you can't do anything towards. Uh, and it goes to wild play, it goes to many dimensions. There is sure. a computer world that you go into to sort of, uh, it's Centracorp, like it's Centranet, excuse me, yeah, yeah, is the yeah. sort of uh, cool internet thing. It's basically just a really, really oh. campy, uh, commentary on like the modern workplace. So this studio put out a game that I never got around to Lucanor. on yeah, Lu yeah. The, the Count Lucanor, which also had this very classically anime inspired like cutscene look that I thought was incredible. Um, yeah. And then, but I never got around to playing the game and heard, but heard pretty positive things about it. Um, I'm glad that they're putting out another thing yeah. in this general like. Their actual game, like the gameplay itself, does not have that same look. It has like a kind of it's very adventure game slash Zelda. Yeah, like very like much. little little dotty like just dot eyes, but like kind of really cool pixel art yes. and stuff like that. It's a neat, it's a neat blend of two different styles for yeah. sure. I think it's really beautiful. It's very surreal. It's very wild. It seems there, it. It does uh, uh, have a couple of weird sequences that were not the best thing. There okay. is like a part about how unions are useless, which is like. I got it, and it. I chuckled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Believe me, because this is a very, very, very just anti-corporate piece, like right. certainly All, in like... every way. Uh, and there's also like one really weird, comes out of absolutely nowhere, like fat phobic thing of towards the very end, which is like a little fucked up. Uh, and there is one very weird part about like, there's a family dynamic thing and has a woman in a very weird situation. So like those those kind of couple of things happen throughout the course of this game for sure. That's you're, I'm guessing there's content warnings on your review for people who are curious. Yes, okay. content warnings for those kinds of things. But okay. overall, uh, I really loved this game. I played every awesome. second of it. Uh, even parts that were a little stumbly, I, I was just sort of like, I need to see where this batshit game goes because it goes to some wild places. Cool. So yeah. Awesome. So that review will be up if not today or by today for sure. Yeah. By the time this goes out yes. for sure. Yes. Awesome. Cool. Woo. Um, um, let me look at my list of other smaller. Oh, it's my this turn. Is not a small <laughs> thing. This is a big boxy thing. Box boy. Box boy. He's a small box. Plus, plus box girl. Is he a small box? He's, He's small, small box. but he can make him big. It's true. Box boy. How big? How how big? Six. How depends big are we on what kind of box? The level. Depends on the level. Sometimes kind of, only I, three. What can I fit in this box? Like a fridge? Like what, am, what can I fit in this box? Can, I don't know the size of Box Boy relative to a human. So I don't know. Is Box oh, Boy damn. not a human? All right. Box, I don't know. Box is a box. Box is a box. With little leggies sticking out of it. They're gendered though. <laughs> they are gendered. They there are is one, gendered. <laughs> there is one with just a bow on her hair. QC. And that means, what's her name? QC. QC. What's his name? QB. QB. And then there's Cutie. Who's the rectangle? Tall? What's good? What's Tall good? boy. Tell me about Cutie. Uh, I haven't played with him, so okay. I don't know. Um, yeah, I played uh, Box Boy plus Box Girl, uh, which is the um, for 
Uh, those who know the Box Boy series, it's the first one to come out on Switch and also the first one to have a co-op campaign. Mm. Um, it, it was my first Box Boy game. I had never played one of them before. And I had a lot of fun with it. It was uh, It's a puzzle platformer in which you basically play as a little box character. And in order to com- move through each stage, you are... Uh, using you have the ability to like create boxes, box, uh, boxes. box extensions like, out re- of your body. outside right. of yourself. I was really about to be like box eye. It's the plural in Latin, which is not true at all. <laughs> but that's where my brain absolutely went. <laughs> wow. Um, so basically, you can configure your sort of like uh, the boxes that come out of you, the box extensions um, in different shapes and you can like drop them places so you can climb over stuff. You can use them to protect yourself from lasers. Um, there's all sorts of environmental hazards and you can also, you you as you progress, you meet other characters who imbue you with their abilities um, such as I met this one person who taught me how to use my boxes as a grappling hook so I could sort of uh, like s- slide myself across uh, gaps and things like that using my boxes. Um, it's really fun. I haven't had enough time. I haven't spent enough time with the co-op campaign. I want to spend more time with it. Um, but the main story, you can play as either QB or QC, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. You get uh, reward medals. Um, for completing just the stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, those you can spend on like little extras like comics and music and a uh, little mini game and assist items in case you do want, you know, in case you're in a puzzle that just you can't figure it out or you feel like. Can you explain what those are? So I've, I've played the first two box yeah. games on 3DS. Um, it never came to Wii U, so I'm excited it's on Switch because it's just. Yeah. Uh, more people to play those, but yeah. I don't remember those games having assists. So how do how exactly does that stuff work? So there's four different assist items that you can buy. They're like two medals each, which is pretty um, inexpensive. I have like 700 medals right now that I could spend on oh. those sorts of <laughs> so things. So you can get as many assists as you want. You, if you yeah, want if you just... don't, yeah. I mean, you could uh, basically. Um, and the there's. Uh, an invincibility one, which uh, makes you invincible to like environmental hazards like lasers or spikes. There's one that will increase the number of boxes. Each stage has a box limit to the amount of boxes mm-hmm. that you can make. And the there's one that will uh, extend that by one. And then there's uh, – I forget what the other ones are. Um, there's two other ones. I forget what they are um, that have to do with – with you know the way that you know i think one is like your boxes i don't remember whatever um <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't want to say the wrong thing um and i left my switch upstairs so i can't check um so so for each stage that you go on you can um before you sort of go into the stage you can select to use an assist item on that stage and it's like a consumable um you ever need to use those though to like no get, you never uh, need to okay. and also while you're in the stage i think for the most part those assist items are the most useful for getting the extra rewards right. like the uh you can collect crowns throughout the stage which gets you um uh target medals which you can spend on cosmetic like this cosmetic gotcha right. machine and um or to uh limit the number of boxes 
that you use, which is another way of getting target, target metals. metals. Right. Um, mm. So it's like instead of using five, it's like, hey, the par for this is five boxes. Right, right. But if you can figure out how to do it in four, yeah. then you'll get a bonus medal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can do those. You don't have to do both of those in the same run. So like, no. Are there ever levels where it's like, hey, there's a crown to find and also there's a bonus for doing less? Or is it only There's one or the always other? crowns and bonuses for doing for less, doing less. Wow. on every level. So you could do the level as like economically uh, conservative as possible mm-hmm. and not use as many boxes and then redo the level and just use as many boxes as and you get the crown. and get the crown. Um and these so, are pretty short le- levels. The, yeah, the levels are, are quite short, and there's checkpoints at each sort of stage of the stage. They're called stages, mm-hmm. but at each sort of, like, section of the level, you there's a checkpoint in case you die. And um, But what I was going to say is inside each level, you can use um, a hint, and it costs, I think, two medals to buy a hint. And like I said, I have like a gajillion medals right now, so it really doesn't feel like much. And that hint will basically show you how to get past the current sort of section. What it won't do is show you how to get the crown in the process of doing that. So if you just want to figure out how to move past, and sometimes it can be helpful to be like, okay, how do I move past? And then how do I reconfigure that in my brain (sighs) to also get this crown, Mm. which is what Austin and I tried to do right before this podcast and couldn't figure it out. Um, But it's, it's really fun. My favorite levels have been, um, I just got to these like zero gravity levels where I'm sort of like shooting myself across, sort of like in a Celeste fashion. Oh, cool. uh, Where I like shoot across space and can kind of cling on to, using my grapple hook, cling on to uh, whatever blocks are in that space. Um, So those have been really fun. And... And yeah, I, I think the, the the puzzles have been like just hard enough to to make me feel satisfied and make me feel like I'm like actually figuring something out and it's not just inherent and it's not just like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but not so challenging that I feel like defeated and don't want to keep going and like this game is too hard. Um and these assist items help with that a lot because you can always sort of change the game to fit your play style yeah do you think like Um, something like compared to something like baba is you that you're finding yourself like less frustrated or less oh 100 baba is you is way more difficult than this game in my opinion um maybe you makes me feel makes me feel like a genius all the time (laughs) and and, And and a genius like that's part of that's part that's and that's part of the pitch of the game right like is like the tension between those two things but it's often why i tend to not find myself connecting with puzzle games because I just don't have the, I often feel like I just don't have the brain for it. And then it's like, I feel bad. Like it actively makes me feel bad. Like it's part of what happened with the witness was just like, I don't feel good playing this game. And it's like, that's, I'm fine having a range of emotional reactions to video games. (laughs) Like that's not, that's not one of them. And so I've just largely just thought that's just, that's just puzzle games or just, I have a limited window of like the ones that'll connect with me. Mm -hmm. And Box Boy is definitely like in that window of like, oh, like this is 100% my shit, mm-hmm. where it's like it runs that fine line of feeling like a genius and feeling like you're, even when I'm not getting it, I don't feel like it's because I feel stupid. It's because I feel like I'm just on, I gotta, I just gotta work at it. I just gotta keep yeah. knocking yeah. at this and like I can get there. And not every puzzle game, it just, it lowers the bar. Like yeah. I'm sure it gets harder as it goes along, yeah. but like I just found the entry into Box Boy. 
like very approachable relative to other puzzle games that I tend to bounce off of really quickly. Yeah, yeah it's it's nice because you, you can try things out and you're it, as long as you don't like move past that section, you're not committed to it. So you can always like if you feel like, oh, you dropped like a little too many boxes and you see how you could have done it a little bit better before you like keep going, you can reset and start back at the checkpoint and like those boxes will be wiped from the amount of boxes that you've used so far. Um, so it allows you to kind of experiment and play around. And the, again, like the stages are so short that to replay one wouldn't be, I haven't, I think I've done that like maybe once or twice because I just feel like I have so many in front of me that I might yeah. as well just keep going. But it, it's not like a slog to to replay a stage by any means. Um, and yeah, I think I think it is a really great entry because I think it uh, it's it's just hard enough to feel to keep you engaged. Um, and I think it's it's the the barrier of entry is definitely a lot uh, lower. Um, while while ramping up the difficulty in a way that feels satisfying and everything. Nice. Um, so yeah, I've really liked it. Cool. Nice. Check out my review on waypoint.vice.com. That's where it is. <laughs> if you um, want to know more. Totally. We should talk about one more big release this week that we, I guess, saved until they saved it. Just unwrap this gift. Beautiful this gift. Gift of, of mm, a little complex, I'd so, say. Some parts it, are really lovely and some parts are less so. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 hit this week, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is the, I was going to say the 11th installment, which is 1100th not. 1100th installment. Yeah, which is not true. <laughs> uh, in MK, uh, in the Mortal Kombat uh, series. Um, I don't know, Danielle and Patrick, you've been playing it. I'm guessing yeah. mostly the big story mode. That, that, that mm-hmm. had the towers. Played a lot of the towers. What are the towers? It's like a the... it's like a sort of classic mode, but okay. there's a there's a version of towers that... where it's like environmental damage and X, okay, Y, and Z, gotcha. like other wild like like uh, 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 modifiers and stuff. Yeah, right. Is that the mode that has the Jax ending that the far right is not, upset about? I'm not sure. Okay, but I have been playing as his Jax, daughter. Uh, Jax rescued all this. Didn't rescue Jax. Jax. Spoiler. Yeah, you know, spoiling Jax's ending for a side <laughs> mode in Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, it's not even the main. It's not mode even the. Game. mode of the game. It's not even like the it's, story it's, mode. It's a throwback yeah. to the old way that Mortal Kombat, yes. a lot of fighting games used to work, where rather than having like an actual story that bounces around between characters, you just picked one character, uh, worked your way through a tower, yeah. and then you got a specific ending basically. for that character. Yeah. yeah. That sounds um, like a lot. Jax, <laughs> Jax went back in time and stopped uh, the African slave trade from happening and made the world better. Is it specifically that it's ex- Who's yeah. Khan? Shao Kahn? Shao Kahn. This has nothing to do with Shao Kahn. It doesn't have to do with no, Shao Kahn? No, he's like literally like, I got the power to time travel. My people oh. got fucked over in America. So that's I the whole- I went to Africa. Yeah. I did. Shao Kahn enslaves times. Earth world. Yes. He does not enslave specifically yes. and so black people. There are shitty people. I'm sure people black people are a part of that, but he just that. enslaves Earth. Yeah, Jack, yeah, but Jax didn't, and I guess it's fine for Shao Kahn to enslave humans. Motherfucker, the whole series for this whole thing for years was about stopping Shao Kahn. Yeah. Let my boy go back in time and help some, some brothers and sisters out. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This is, if you're going to open the time, travel door you got to imagine better worlds yeah uh, yes. i will say really quick like it the part of the irony of people being like this game is for sjw's hashtag white genocide which one fuck off two, two it's like mm, this is also the game that hired ronda rousey to yep. 
be Sonya, Sonya Blade, Blade, Ronda Rousey, who has has been really transphobic in the past, is a fucking turf and is a terrible voice actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a terrible voice actor. All of those things has domestic abuse uh, allegations and has also Sandy Hook trutherism has, in there. He has definitely shared some Sandy Hook truther videos. Uh, which is a choice to make <laughs> yeah. in the world. Uh, bat, so you know, and also, and also, we should say really briefly. It's not something we can we can comment on at length, but there were definitely some uh, allegations that hit via Twitter this weekend from ex NetherRealm employees about working conditions there. It's something that we're going to take seriously and look into, but it's not something that we can talk about at length for legal reasons because the second we say a thing into a microphone. Lawyers get on the phone and go. Wait a second. What did you say? What did you What did you talk about? Did you report that out yet? And like, no, we're in the process. We're looking into it. So can't even really repeat those allegations here. Uh, but but do know that we're thinking about them and and, uh, and looking into it. Mm. And it's I think it's really interesting that this game hits at the intersection of all of these different things. Yes. Where at once and I want boobs and and also boobs. Not you're right. Also boobs. Oh yes. Yeah. They got rid of they stopped. They got, they got rid, rid of, of the, boobs. No, okay. no more boobs. They said no more boobs. <laughs> Uh, they were also <laughs> the the far right was also uh, livid earlier this year because they took the sex out of mm, I can't fit sex in the Mortal Kombat. It doesn't work that way. I don't think that's the, even true because I've heard that this is an extremely is it horny? Yeah, there's some horny in it, but okay. they have more clothes on this time. They're less like revealing. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the women, women have chosen more appropriate wear for <laughs> for fighting <kidding>. for combat <laughs> for fighting each other. <laughs> this is a to game. Death. This is a game that o- uh, opens. The first fight is uh, uh, Cassie Cage, Johnny Cage's daughter, fighting Sonya, played by you know Ronda Rousey, and and truly, when we say like the voice acting is bad, you actually can't. It, it sticks out in a game called Mortal Kombat yes. Eleven, where you're just like, <laughs> yep. It's like it's, and I didn't even know Ronda did the voice acting. I just was being like, why is this so fucking flat? Anyway, um, it's funny because like the, the the narrative setup is like. Uh, Sonya's like, you know, I'm I'm stepping down. Like, we need a new. Or Jax was stepping down. It's like we need a new commander or whatever. Yeah. I forget what exa- exactly. And the Sonya Blade title is, is a like, general at this point in the yeah, army. Yeah, like in, or, in order to yeah. It's like and, and then Cassie Cage like uh, is like you you know how this works. Like the only way for you to to uh, there's one final test and it's like you need to kick my ass and like <laughs> then they fight but they don't limit like I thought it'd be like a fight where it's like oh special powers are turned off like you know. <laughs> So it's just like fists and kicks. It's like, no, like Cassie Cage, I'm out just f- putting rounds into this lady. Like, <laughs> yep. pow, 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 pow. I'm pulling a, a pipe off the side and I'm bashing her skull in. It's yep. like, oh, this is how you become the commander. You yep. brutally murder them in front of the rest of the unit. And then 10 seconds later, once the fight ends, once the Mortal Kombat the fight five. ends, she just kind of gets up like, oh, I took a hard fall. There <laughs> they have a high five. Oh, my goodness. That's so and then Johnny, very good. Johnny comes that, out and hugs her. It's like just the best. That con- that contradiction is like at the heart of the yeah. appe- like that ex- that that little that that bit is intentional. It is part of what makes like Mortal Kombat like so delightful, even yeah. this far in. And I, God damn it, like, I'll admit it. Like there's a thing that happens like 20 minutes in. Like started tearing up a little bit. I'm a softy. It doesn't take much, but I actually stood up and went Mortal Kombat. Really? Like this wow. is th- this is the thing. Um, anyway, but it's a it's just it, it's a game of tonal inconsistencies that are entirely consistent, which is like yes. 
Days Gone, but like, that's yeah. what they, like it's weird to have talked about Days Gone and talk about Mortal Kombat 11 because Mortal Kombat 11 is totally inconsistent, but that is the tone, which is like part of what I love so dearly about it as a larger thing. Yeah, it it is so much fun. It is such a delight. And that's why this is so complex to talk about, like mm-hmm. especially with the Ronda Rousey decision because Sonya Blade was my girl. That's who I played as in right. the original right. Mortal Kombat. I was like, oh, there's a girl and she's in yoga pants and a sports bra. And yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. when I was nine, I was say, in, in that, that in was that great yeah. to have a girl you could fight as, which again, I know how it, that's how my brain thought of it. I'm not going to. No, I get you. It, you know, 35-year-old Danielle is not just like, there's a girl. I'll play as her. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, but as a nine-year-old, that was very special for me. Uh, so kind of going in and being like, wow, there's there's some really cool characters. And it's all completely batshit. And it knows it's batshit. And it's having just such a fun costume drama. I think the way I think of Mortal Kombat is the way that, I, as I understand it, the way other people enjoy professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it right, has nothing right, to do with right. the actual violence or fighting and it has everything to do with like these characters and how they relate to one another and these outfits and these like wild ass situations that are just so much fun to kind of like play it out and know it's completely tongue in cheek and completely just like man somebody you know somebody thought this wild outfit was a great idea and you know kind of went all the way with it that sort of thing and some of the god some of these cutscenes, I swear to god like, the, the, I understand the teariness. I actually really do. Because I'm just like, we've been with these characters for so long, you can't help but care about them, or at least some of them. I, at least me. I don't know how other people feel I about little combat characters. I but. mean, there's a reason why they invest all the money and time. And <laughs> again, we there, right, there's course. a reason why this is such a focal point of yes. these games and has been for this new trilogy that started with MK9, but also in the Injustice games and also in all... Like, yeah. people like these characters. I think people have always loved the Mortal Kombat characters. It was like, even as a kid, again, everyone had their favorite character. Everyone, they they did a lot with a little bit, right? Like they communicated so much about their character. The the, the Scorpion uh, Sub-Zero rivalry was like one of the big ones you talked about in the, in the you know, That's what made that, during recess. Uh, the movie's so good. That yeah, fight with dude. Johnny Cage and Scorpion in the forest. God it's damn. so yes. good. That fight is so good. <laughs> and again, like the part of the reason that movie works so well is that we you have like you don't need a lot you just need scorpion in the yellow with the fucking weird dragon spear in his hand you're like yep that that motherfucker real like <laughs> oh, the imagination the imagination did so like you filled like yes. in so many gaps yourself so like i remember like a huge part of um my youth so i was lucky there's so a growing up in the northwest suburbs of chicago um oh, which is, yeah. this is probably true of a lot of uh, chicago area um, of people. Um, so Nether Realm, which used to be Midway, Mortal Kombat has always been made out near where I live. And so as a result of that, when a new Mortal Kombat came out, starting Mortal Kombat 2, where they started doing like test cabinets, like I played the new Mortal Kombat's like a full like six, eight months before they came out. So the like nearby arcade I would go to and you would see a line out, the, like literally like blocks like down. And that was the line to play the new test Mortal Kombat where it'd be like, yo, they added animalities to this one or like whatever. (laughs) And so people would have notebooks out writing down move sets and pasting them on the arcade machine because people were figuring it out in real time based on like what they'd added to the game because usually there'd be someone there, but they wouldn't tell you what's going on in the game. They wanted to see what players picked up on, what they figured out. Um, 
it's like a huge part of like my youth was like defined by like seeing Mortal Kombat, like sitting around that that arcade machine, looking at the backgrounds. And like so like Mortal Kombat 2, for example, like uh Kano and Sonya are not in Mortal Kombat 2. They are chained up on the final level with Shao Kahn. Yeah. And I would just you just be sitting there being like, they gotta be secrets, or they're gonna be added in like a new test arcade that like Midway is gonna roll out. I wrote a piece for Kotaku years back that was about um, this long con that the uh, the arcade operators were uh, doing. They're, they were uh, to all the kids that were specifically me and like presumably others where they would tell you that like, oh, there's just like a s- secret thing you got to do if you want to play as Sonya. And then that would just get you to pump in more quarters into the machine. <laughs> wow. And they were actively wow. lying to you. There was wow. no way to play wow. as Sonya or Kano in those games. Um, but again, like there is no explanation for why they weren't in the game, but like, oh, they're chained up. So then your brain starts cycling through like, what would explain? It was just, it was one of the earliest mythologies I was exposed to. And so that's part of why that plus the movie, it has always had like a very like fond place in my heart because they were like very early video game characters that I found myself like caring is the wrong word, but like invested in is probably like a, a closer word. The, the so yeah I guess really it's just like that's why those things are the focus fo- focal point. I actually heard that this wraps up the trilogy in a in a sense this new modern trilogy really well. Um, so I'm I'm curious to probably watch all these cutscenes at some point. It's not even that I don't like playing the Mortal Kombat games. It's just like a matter of time and like if I course, have to yeah. spend my time learning a new game and play like I- I'm happy to have this on in the background while I'm playing something else or yeah. or whatever you know. Can Johnny Cage fight his daughter? Yes. Right? I feel like I just watched a fatality and he just fucked up his own kid. <laughs> yeah, dog. That's what that happens. I mean, also, this is also a game about time I'm glad travel. that one of her moves that she also has his, the, the ball punch. That Johnny Cage uh, has. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's the very split good. ball punch. Yeah. Oh, she also um, has a drone. She's, uh, she's the in army. the army. Great. Oh, we don't like that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. That's- I'm good with dragon spears. Get those drones out of here. <laughs> I'm good with pulling a mask off my face to reveal that I'm secretly an ancient skeleton lord and that I can breathe fire, eliminating all of my foes by incinerating them. No also, problem. I have nine that's brothers true. that also are palette swaps of me. Yeah. That retroactively, <laughs> the series found ways to explain the palette swaps is actually that that that's that, the best again, part. Right. That is a beautiful part of Mortal Kombat yeah. is that yeah. Scorpion and Sub Zero were the defining characters, I, the most popular characters. So they added more starting at Mortal Kombat two, like Noobsebot and um, it was Reptile, right? Uh, reptile. Rain. Rain is the purple one. Rain is the purple one. Um, reptiles. Oh. Reptiles in two. Green. Right, reptiles, reptiles. The green two. one. Yeah. just. Yeah, and they're just palette swaps, and they f- came up with movesets for them, but, like, they just were like, I don't know, put some more fucking ninjas right. in this game, because people like their ninjas. Yeah. And they then they like found out ninjas. ways to connect them as, like, family. Noob Saibot. Ah. Mm. Mm. The yep. entire Which, everything. Yeah, Boone, Boone, Boone Tobias. Tobias. Yeah. Backwards. I was just telling Natalie about it, and, yeah. Smoke? Smoke oh, is another one? Smoke is another one. Noob. Yeah, noob. We didn't really know the word noob in the arcade at the time. I yeah. Think. That didn't, that was, so, the, the noob... That that was was before the term noob. The that's what I'm term saying. Noob or at least before around. it was yeah. widely used, right? There's a chance yeah, 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 it was yeah, used on sure. like Usenet or whatever, but yeah. But no one called me a noob except for when I was playing as Noob Cybot in the arcades. So <laughs> that's true. Fucking old man shit. Uh, <laughs> I love playing as Katana because you fucking <gasps> shoot those blades uh-huh. up into the sky. Do 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 do. Get them caught in the air. Yep. So mad. Yep. So good. I've never. Or when they in Mortal Kombat two when they added Sub Zero's. 
uh, spray the ground, which makes it whoop, Oh, whoop, that yeah. animation is so good. We should, I mean, so again, we right now we cannot talk about any of the labor stuff that has been talked about around the MK stuff, but I think I do want to hit before we go, and I can say a little later, my, my push, I can push back my, my uh, heart out a little bit, is that story that hit uh, on Polygon this past week um, about Fortnite and Epic and some of the ridiculous working conditions that people working there reported. Um, it's by Colin Campbell. It's super worth a read. Um, it, you know, it's – the most frustrating thing is you could write this – you could close your eyes for me and write most of this article and take some guesses about what the conditions were there. 70-hour work weeks, uh, freelancers and contractors being put into small rooms and not doing a lot of – like doing a lot of work and not being uh, – uh, not necessarily – it's not even with the compensation so much as the turnover, like being burnt out in such a way that like even though the pay might be right, they are getting – you know, they're getting burnt out so quickly. Um, a a general attitude towards contract work that reduced them from real, <laughs> real employees to quote-unquote bodies. Just give me some more bodies. Just burn through them, you know. Give me some more bodies um, and all those details that you would suspect. Are right, and and maybe the one really interesting thing is the degree to which so much of this was driven by the belief that the audience would revolt if more content didn't come down the pipeline quickly. That you needed to double down on the success you had, move quickly with releasing new stuff, keep pushing out new seasons, new meaningful, huge you know content changes, new uh, you know ve the vehicles and new um, you know um, areas of the map and all that stuff nonstop. It well, let's be clear, like lots of games are operate on the principle yes. of like being ever changing as a way of keeping players engaged and this is the principle that drives dlc season passes totally. like th that underlying idea of extend out the thing so you don't move on to other thing has been a, a driving principle for video games forever um but fortnite defined the pace at which that change yeah. occurs at a much faster scale than we're used to where yep. you could log on one day and then you log on the next and like there's there's always and it's not just a small change like it can be manifestly big changes that like radically shape the dynamic of how you play the game um and especially for a game where you are largely using one map that is supposed to stay static the idea that that map changes you know uh is a relatively new idea and so I, we are as guilty as anyone else of pointing to one of the things that we praised the game for and thought was really cool was wow like compared to a game like PUBG or just right. most games in general, the map stays static. There's balance changes. Maybe there's a new map. But like this was something that iterated, changed, and was a living document in a way that most games are not was part of what was very interesting and different about the game. And what we did probably didn't didn't realize because how would you know? Because that's what reporting is useful at, at illuminating is, well, what – is the human cost of that? What did Epic not account for? Mm -hmm. What did they not uh, uh, build into place as a result of what they stumbled into? Um, and the the piece at Polygon by Colin is like very revealing in how much they didn't. It's not like oh, it got popular. Now let's build an infrastructure to support that and one that does not have a enormous human cost. They just apparent based on the the piece have just kept throwing bodies at it um in a very dehumanizing way rather than coming up with some sort of way it's it seems like 
it do, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, I, and, and even in this case, I don't think it is necessarily the the case that Fortnite can't be a rapidly iterated project, and it, by requirement of that ideal or that goal, you then have to run people into the ground and say it's okay because they're making a lot of money. Now, granted, that's a better case than like ninety nine percent of cases, right? Like getting overworked, but also making enough money to pay for your kid's college. That's not usually how these stories end. Right. But that is also like a very poor, like if someone is destroyed at the end of it, who the fuck cares if they can pay for their kid's college because the person has been run into the ground at the end. You know, there are, there were situations here where, you know, Epic, Epic, they reached out to Epic for uh comment, obviously. And Epic was like, People are working very hard on Fortnite and other epic efforts. <laughs> Extreme situations such as 100-hour work weeks are incredibly rare. And in those instances, we seek to immediately remedy them to avoid recurrence. And it's like remedying a 100-hour work week, the point at which you've got it to that, you fucked up so much earlier and in ways that are about something larger that like – 50 hour work week, 60 hour work work week. We I still don't know how to do E3 in a way that is a 40 hour work week oh, yeah. and make it worth sending us to E3, right? Like I don't know how to do that yet. That is not a 100 hour work week and it's not the sort of thing that emerges from daily practice. Um it's a it's a 60 hour work week for sure and it's one that we remedy by giving it's us It's also one week a year, right? right? That it's is, a static yes. fixed like but you know cuz to even get anyway, to yeah. the 100-hour work week, you have to be at the 70 is fine all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know right. what I mean? You have to be at a place where like, you know what? Maybe we do 70, 80 hours this week. It's 70-hour average, right? It's like, okay, well, maybe we have some weeks in there are 80, some weeks in there are 60. Uh, you know, and then every once in a while something slips and we just get just wild. We just live here basically for this whole week. And at that point, you've committed to pursuing a practice that is – I forget the exact phrasing I used on Twitter, but I wish I had it right now. I was like, at the very least, at the very least, uh, it is, it is, um, God, I keep looking for, there's, the key one is immoral. It's immoral to do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I also just think it's incompetent. Like yeah. that is, it's not just, hey, this is a wrong thing. And it is that thing. And we should underscore that. And that should be the first thing we say. But it's also incompetent. If you're running the, uh, a studio like this, and you are in management, it is your job to make sure that you don't burn through people mm -hmm. and that you don't treat your people like this and to like spend that money in such a way to create a workflow and a pipeline that allows you to pursue what you're trying to pursue without doing this. I mean, after a point in a work week, in, uh, there's a yeah. point of hours where it's just not even productive totally. anymore. Like you're just useless after a, a certain point. And I don't know the exact statistics on that. But and it's this different from person well to person, studied. but it's well studied. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. One part of this that is really sort of terrifying to me is the terror of the, oh my God, our community will revolt. Right. We will not right. make money anymore. We will not be productive anymore. We will not have a game anymore. We are all going to die <laughs> If we don't do this. Which sets that standard going exactly. forward. is And for other studios, right? Exactly. Like the, the key example of this is they talk about how if you release a, a new weapon in the game and it breaks things, in many other games, and what would happen, you'd be like, all right, we're going to pull that game out. Destiny has done this. Uh, this is the first one that comes to mind for me is something like the – what was the cold laser called, Kato? What? What was the cold Destiny. laser called in Kato? Or in Destiny 2? <laughs> in Kato 2. <laughs> The whatever it was, that beam. Oh, yeah, 
Where they're like, uh, you know what? We, they were like, we don't know how to fucking rebalance this thing. So guess what? We're just going to nerf it into the fucking ground. You're going to have like one more cool weekend with it. And we're going to nerf it into the ground. And then if we get around to rebalancing it, we're going to rebalance it. It's fine. Um, in other games, there'll be a situation where power and ability is fucked up. And so they're like, they're like, this is just way overpowered or underpowered, whatever Cold it is. Heart. The cold, cold heart. heart. Thank you. Thank you, Kato. We're going to pull it from the game for a week. For a month. We're next big update, it'll come back. But until then, we're going to pull it. And you're just going to have to like play with other stuff. Not for Fortnite. Quote, the executives keep reacting and changing things, The source uh, said the source. Everything has to be done immediately. We're not allowed to spend time on anything. If something breaks, a weapon, say, then we can't just turn it off and fix it with the next patch. It has to be fixed immediately. And all the while, we're still working on next week's patch. It's brutal. And that is where I see this intersection between yes. the demands of players who want things fixed now, God damn it, and the demands of incompetent executives who have not built a pipeline and a structure where... You've built, for instance, an expectation that things like this only come weekly or monthly, right? right? And that is – it takes two to tango in this case. And I, for me, it is like on the – the. I mean, it takes three. To, in this case, it takes three. And the thing I want from the third is like please organize. Please push back against this. I'm not blaming you for these circumstances, but please – use these circumstances as a thing to organize around. No one should be in these working conditions um, and no one should be caught between an audience that takes, makes these demands and a boss who will not protect their workers from the audience making these demands mm -hmm. and create a relationship and an expectation to those fans that is about the safety and comfort of the people making the game that they love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it never comes It's already up. made hundreds of millions right. of dollars. We're not talking about a game that's like, geez, like, hope they they're find a, ah, golly, can they find a way to make their money back on the investment they yeah, put in three for billion, like four years? Three billion thing? profit in 2018. Right. Not, and so yeah, it's like, that's, that's the thing that makes you want to pull your fucking hair out yeah. because of a million, it's like, you've, you've already done it. Like, you've got, like, cha-ching, like, yep. you've cashed out and like, where does it end? And like, that's the, you know- it doesn't end like that's the thing. It's like they're trying at some point the gravy train does run out. And the reason they're running these people into the ground is because you want to you don't you're not going to be able to make another Fortnite, right? Like Epic is not going to have another Fortnite. They may have more successful games. Yep. Maybe they turn into Steam where they just actually make money t taxing developers <laughs> to appear in their store. Um, and cause that's what Valve turned into, right? Like they, just, they don't make games anymore. They just you know, they just makes money off of a, they're just a landlord. Yep. Um, and, uh, they know that is potentially their future. And so you run this as far as you can, and then you try and fucking hide it by paying people obscene bonuses, which again, cool. But, um, it's just really at some point, if it's $3 billion, like just like, yeah. yo, we're going to take a break for a month and figure out how to actually fucking do this without Go sleep, killing all of yeah. our workers. Yeah. And it seems like that's not, but they, that said, like they, the way these game, the way everything works these days. Look at how Ninja talk. Look at how Twitch streamers talk about how the economy of streaming works. Yeah. Right? You take one day off. PewDiePie, for all of his shittiness, has talked about what happens when you don't upload three, four, five videos a week. People go elsewhere, and so you get quite literally addicted because the feedback loop of how people like jump around to things is such yeah. that if you are not feeding them 100% constantly, they are going to go on to something else. But like what people need to do is at a certain point, raise your hand and be like, yeah, I've made enough. Like 
I'm going to take the break both for me and the people around me to show a good example. And it's just, yeah. People are getting mm-hmm. fired because they're not working on weekends and that causes something else to slip. And it's like that that responsibility of putting together, of understanding what you're it, – it would be ridiculous of me to be like, hey, we have this big package coming up, everybody, um, and uh, we need 12 pieces to run on the Monday, two Mondays from now. So everybody start doing your work. And then we get to – we get to – you know, all the while I'm like, this isn't going to hit. Natalie's piece is not going to come – not no offensive. I'm not trying to put you on blast. I'm just picking a name from people I'm looking at. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> looking. I'm getting a death glare from Natalie right now. <laughs> Natalie's piece is coming in great. Natalie hit all her goals. Patrick's piece is just not going to come in in time. I see he's, he's done – you know, I asked each of them for four pieces. Patrick's done two and a half pieces. He's probably going to get to a third one by, by tomorrow. He's not going to get here by Monday. I at that point my job is how do I make it so I only need 11 pieces on Monday? How do I how do I make it so that next time I know that what we have the capacity for is 10 or 11 pieces? We have to bring on someone else to to divvy up this workflow a little bit. What my goal should never what my response should never be should be Patrick, you know, you you got, you have to work the weekend and finish this this 12th piece or you're fired. That is just not my job as manager is to make that not happen. Yeah. That is it. It is to work for the people who are supposed to be working on making content and trying to pro- give them a production flow where their 40-hour work week can can uh, blend together into a really exciting game or in our case, set of content and, and <laughs> you know, whatever podcast to listen to and articles to read. Um and at, the, at some point, that has to be on my head. And the answer shouldn't be that I work 80 hours either because then the person above me has failed, has failed me. Yeah. Like that shakes up the whole way. And the thing that's so frustrating is like I look at something like Anthem, the, you know, Bioware yesterday made their announcement that was basically like, yeah, we are going to release a new like uh, – I forget what their strikes are called uh, – Stronghold. Stronghold or whatever today, and we've made some balance changes, and we've done some like quality of life stuff. But the big stuff we were promising isn't ready yet, and it's we're gonna not put it out this month. Let's check in next month. That is that is a response that suggests that they are not like, all right, put the pedal down. I mean, again, who knows? Right. That studio could also still be in a position where they are. Also in crunch and and yet are not producing. Or they stuff. might be putting that weight on a foreign studio that's also working. I'm not totally. saying them. I'm just saying that, like as a practice, like right. the sort of thing that could happen is totally. you know the North American studio or the European studio has right. you know oh we'll have a 40 45 hour work week, but our Singapore studio will right. work 90 hours a right. week. So who knows? We are, I'm not specifically <laughs> talking about. I can't know what their work what their work conditions right, are. Of course. But the response to hey we need more time to do this right. Has been fury, right? From an to, to be to, uh, not to be fair, well, but, but Austin, like the, if it's if they were if they announced that and said we're doing this because we need to give our workers more time and we don't want to overwork them, that's not what they said. I know, right? so, like, I know, but I'm I, saying that the expectation is there to fucking have it right. now, right? To like keep right. always, right. To, and yeah. and so like for I'm just saying like the delay does not equal people are then getting like better work no. weeks to accomplish uh, what uh, they're doing. You know what? But what it what uh, you're right again. We cannot talk about what the conditions on the ground there are, but could they have de- built a work culture that demanded that this stuff uh, push out no matter what? Uh, maybe right, like. I think we can we can contrast this to on background. I've spoken to people, for instance, at Respawn who say, hey, my workload right now is good. I am not crunching. 
And that is a game that is pilloried for not having enough content that's come out uh, come out at a at a rate as fast as Fortnite's, right? Again, that is reporting right. on background. That is talking to people I know there at that studio. That is not uh, an in-depth report. I don't want it to be mis- misinterpreted as such. I would not like to be quoted to say, like, Austin Walker says eight, that that Respawn has no labor problems. I, right, exactly. <laughs> but, but, like, we know that studios exist who are willing to put out content at a slower rate than this breakneck pace and who are punished by their audiences for that and not and not punished like in this way that they're like and now i'm gonna refund the game even just people's attention moved away the culture is such that the only way to be that in that top slot and to make that money is to be constantly churning and they want to be in that house spot and constantly churning which gets back to the thing that's like at some point you can say we've made our money back on this project 10 times over Let's slow down. It's okay yeah. not to constantly try to reach to that to that degree, but it isn't okay. It has been made to not be okay. Yeah. I just that attention doesn't move away without some form of like berating first. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of the most frustrating things to see is just how relentless fans are in berating developers and berating the companies and uh, customer service representatives for not, you know, uh, uh, releasing at the standard or speed that they want, like the on-demand service that they want. And it's just... And the relationship is so fucked that that the, the developer, the publisher can't is unwilling to step in in fear yeah. of alienating their own fandom that they will not be like, hey, back off. Like, hey, this is not, you know what I mean? Maybe, like, right? Like there is also the possibility that they just don't, that they are aligned with the fandom right. also. We just don't know. We don't know what the motivation of a manager at Epic who is okaying work hours like this, who is relying on work hours like this, what their belief is about what the work yeah. conditions should be like and what the rate of stuff coming out. I I hope you're right. I suspect that if you polled everyone involved here, everyone would be like, yeah, we all need to work less hours. Yeah. But is that happening? Yeah. Well, definitely not on the public front. Right. Certainly. So, you know, I, you know, a, a friend, uh, a friend of ours, um, Patrick, in a chat that we were in, you know, their response to this was basically we need to stop kind of rubbernecking at these individual car crashes and or not we need to, but like when will we, right? Like every month one of these stories breaks. Every month. You know, there's going to be another one in a week or two. There's going to be another one a couple weeks after that. You know, Gameworkers Unite just set up a a side account that is just like how many days since the last mass layoff at a a games company. Um, And these are not the same situation, obviously, but they're connected. Um, There is a larger problem with the way the, the games industry is set up right now, especially in these larger studios and larger publishers. And I we have not. There is not a piece I can point to right now that I I don't think that is like here is what we need to start advocating for besides unionization, besides organization, besides moving towards systems like co-ops and radically rethinking what the industry is. But like I want there to be 
there needs to be a larger conversation that goes even beyond just what unionization is because so much of the pushback on, on unionization is about trying to protect what the games industry is and oh but this will lead to mass changes in the way and it will and like instead of instead of countering those arguments with like no 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 there's ways to do this calmly there's ways to do this slowly over time so that the basic fundamental structure of the games industry doesn't change like we need to start saying no the fundamental structure of the game industry needs to change this cannot be the status quo this cannot be a thing that happens and frankly it shouldn't be a thing that is tied so closely to mass success yeah I couldn't obviously could not agree more as the most union stan hugest yes <laughs> ever. absolutely um although one thing as you're saying that uh that struck me is that part of this is also a problem with our own portion of the industry of reporting totally. on things talking about sustainable business practices probably doesn't get as much attention as the next car crash as rubbernecking at the next car crash you know what I was as someone that has been trying to write some of those articles I will tell you the traffic is not nearly as good on the pieces that say here's maybe a better way forward yeah exactly totally. and totally. that's like that's and another problem with the attention economy but in this yeah. other side of it right this other side of it where we are trying to survive by by you know doing things that are also successful and it's it just strikes me as being like, okay, we are in separate sides of the industry. We are doing separate things, but fall prey to the same forces mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So that also needs to be part of the conversation, I suppose. I think you're totally right. <laughs> well, and it's it's tough because what you want is a model for a publication that can pursue those stories because they, you mm -hmm. think that they are valuable um, and pursue them at a loss in the sense that like putting Patrick, you did, you've done that reporting this year on studios that are doing, that have better work culture. You're right. They don't traffic and they, they traffic. Okay. But they don't traffic the way. It's not the same way. Well, oh you, my God. They don't traffic. You get lucky that like, you get lucky where like you write a tweet that accidentally goes viral. Yes. Then that makes that piece do pretty, yep. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Then you do the next one. You don't get the viral tweet. And it just and doesn't do traffic. traffic. But like it's, and it doesn't, it, does th those are, I write the Days Gone review, right. which That's, I know yes. it, it, is, is part of, like, recognizing people want to hear about, like, yeah. big games. I can guarantee a certain, like, floor of, of traffic for, for yes. that piece. Um, and hopefully adds to the, you know, quote-unquote conversation discourse or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. like, the, like, bigger, like, point of Waypoint is, like, things like, yes, identifying models of, like, a co-op. And the struggles they've had establishing that, what has been successful in like, you know, uh, uh, you know, making a flat structure in terms of like, you know, pay equity and things like that. Um, that doesn't do a lot of traffic, but hopefully like that those things balance so. out where yeah. uh, you're you do the what you take the, the hit on the one thing so you can do the other thing and then find your find your way forward. I, yeah. I really hope so. And I really like to some degree, if I'm making a very blatant call to action here, one, I want to make sure it's clear. I'm not only talking about our own work, but like I need the people listening to this to take those pieces seriously, too, and to share those and to put them in front of people. And if you're in a game dev, uh, if you're in game dev, if you're in publishing, Think about how you can begin the process of bringing these things into your own work environment because it is really demoralizing to see a piece that's like, hey, look at how this studio treats its people fairly. Here, what are the lessons we can learn from this? Do worse than like a review of a bad video game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know that the audience is it, – it's not – it shouldn't – it's not shocking even if it's demoralizing. Like, I know the fucking score. I know what it is. But like to some degree, that level of interest needs to be – 
pushed by the people who I know care about it. And those are the people who are still listening to a podcast two and two plus hours in <laughs> to us talking about a bad video game and and some also other labor shit. and also labor. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I so uh, and also Saint Elsewhere fans and also yes. all the Saint Elsewhere Can't fans. Can't forget out, that the LCs out there. Those LCs. Uh, all my LCs um, <laughs> need to really push this stuff when you see good reporting like this piece uh, that Colin Campbell wrote. So. I think that's all I have today. I have to go into a car and go be on a different podcast. You can hear me this week also on the Giant Beast cast where I will probably say a lot of these same words again. <laughs> I have no idea. It's going to be a different uh, podcast. They don't do the same podcast we do. Sure. Sure. Th- uh, 30 seconds because we'll talk about this on Monday. We'll give it more time. Uh, Steam World Quest. Yeah. Great game. That game's oh. good. I'm glad you uh, like it. Yeah. I'm, I want to unpack more. Austin, you and I can talk about Hell it. Yeah. I have like a lot of hangups about card-based deck based games and like this feels my short like playing having played three to four hours is like if you like me that shit scares you a lot because you just don't know how they work um because you don't have a lot of experience with board games and like uh, card based games like in a you know in a physical sense um this seems like a good like kind of in a fire emblem sort of yeah. way like oh. here's a uh a deck building 101 game that maybe you can start wrapping your head around how they work. So we should unpack we that should. on Monday, but I want to at least get a quick shout out that it seems really great, which is not a surprise because that studio only makes like really, really good, good stuff, shit. Yeah. Um, go make Steam World Dig 3 because that's actually what I want. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? At Danielle or I. Natalie. At Natalie Watson. Sorry, I was looking at Kato, <laughs> and then I got confused. because like, Kato's not in front of a microphone at all. You find Kato oh, at I... A-Kato underscore Kato. Hmm. <laughs> I'm so Rob? tired. A underscore Kato underscore Rob? appears. Uh, and <laughs> Patrick, where can people find you? I don't know. Go find – just you figure it out. Here's the thing I will say. You can find out more information about our upcoming Save Point stream by going to waypoint.zone slash savepoint2019. Special link I set up to automatically redirect you to our forum post where you can find out more about our, our upcoming stream uh, to raise money for the Trans Lifeline. Um, that begins this coming Thursday uh, on uh, – 2nd. 2nd at noon EST, twitch.tv slash waypoint, trying to raise $20,000 for the Trans Lifeline, um, which is a, a meaningful amount of money. It's not as much as we raised last year. I still want to – I would love to raise as much as we raised last year. Well, we start. We started, we started lower we last started year. We started at 10K too. last we, year. We worked to 60. We worked to 60. Yeah. This year, I'm like, you know what? We started at 10K last year. Let's start at 20K this year. Let's see where we go. So, Hell yeah. So Woo. we're going to do that. Uh, as always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Find everything we do, waypoint.vice.com. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, which is great because I have like seven more podcasts. <laughs> get some to do this lemon. Week. Yeah, I'll get some lemon <laughs> some in my tea. throat. That'll that'll be great. Um, and uh, I think that's gonna do it for us. I think that's all I got. I think that's really truly. I don't have like any post bit. You know, and sometimes I like here's all the outro, and then we do like thirty minutes of post outro stuff. I'm not funny. That's not true. Oh, you're hilarious. She's right. You're very Aww. funny, Natalie. I look forward to your your constant japes. My japes and your japes. <laughs> I that sounded a little bit, well, little I'm a little sick. I'm taking it. I'm, I'm taking it. Sick. I'm little, sorry. We're, it probably all, sounds, we're all a little sick. A little sick. Yeah. I meant that. That was sincere. That was a sincere jape. I hope you know it was sincere. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better. A jape? What'd you call me? Catch me on Twitter. Twitter.com/slash sincere jape. <laughs> 
Uh, I should make sure that's not be, real. Be good. And Deacon Saint rewatch it. And be good. <laughs> oh, be, everyone, be good. Be good at it. Peace. <laughs>when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Great. Be good in uh, jape. I don't know. Sincere japes. <laughs> I bet you it has to do with Homestuck. No, it's not. There's nothing. No? No. Oh. No sincere japes. Is jape in Homestuck? Yeah, japes are in Homestuck. There's hella japes. <sighs> is that a hella thing? Hella japes. Yeah. What is it? What's their deal? Why do they call it's- them? What are, they, what are their japes? It's just like that's a that's a thing. It's like a, a character like. Oh, okay. Name Jape. No, no, no. Like. Oh, it's like a type of. No. Oh. It's like a type of like. They have like. Are they humorous? Types. Okay, so they're called Japes. No, they they just do Japes. Oh, but Japes is just a word. I know, but it's like. Uh, they do. It's, it's uh, Japes. It's another thing on it's they do Japes, but it's always Japes. It's never jokes. It's never tricks. I see. It's a like. I see. <laughs> um, Rob is, in, is editing my piece right now, mm-hmm. and he he cut out one uh, use of the word banana pants, and he says, "I get one banana pants per article." That's true. <laughs>